Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Oh boy, Monday. <laughs> Here we go again. Uh, I've just been going over some articles. I'm trying to get rid of articles because when I have too many articles, my computer gets messed up. Um, but there's things that I don't want to lose. So I, I have this constant war with myself of how many articles can I leave live and, and how many you know, can I put away and, and still get the show done. Uh, it's going to be a busy week. This is, we've got some, some amazing things happening. Uh, first of all, I was really, it, it sucks that April 1st was on a Saturday because <laughs> you know, I'd love to do a bunch of fake stories for you and not tell you and you can't do it this year because it was two days ago. Nobody cares. You, you can't do you know, fake stories on April 3rd. That's just stupid. And of course, next year, uh, April 1st is going to be 2024. Wait a minute. Next year is a leap year. So maybe April 1st is going to be on a Monday because we're going to add an extra day on uh, February 28th. Is it 28th? Yeah, I guess we get a February 20th or 29th. I think we get a February 29th. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not good at numbers. <laughs> I'm just not. <laughs> this is why I write uh, and talk because no. Anyway, so if, that, if that's the case, especially 2024, I'm going to give you a bunch of fake stories. I'm not going to tell you. They're going to be just they'll, – they'll seem real. They'll seem plausible, you know, especially to uh, those of you that love a good conspiracy. But they're not going to be real. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just I'll leave it at that. I've, I've got uh, I had several things in mind that I thought of. Saturday, of course, all this stuff comes to mind, right? I'm thinking, damn, it's 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 April first and it's a Saturday. And, you know, of course, friends are posting all kinds of joke memes, and I have a friend that does nothing but joke memes. It's great, so it's really fun to see. Um, so that's what's happening there. Uh, the Skype line is working apparently. At least I hope so. Um, so if you want to try calling in internationally, the only time you can do that is during the show because you call in online and then it's forwarded directly to the studio here. Um, the studio being my computer screen. <laughs> I run the whole thing on an iMac. Uh, literally worldwide. I, this is why I love technology today. You know, I get to run a worldwide radio show from an iMac sitting here at my desk in my cottage, you know, somewhere in the, uh, along the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River you know, here in Milton, Florida. So that's kind of cool. I mean, it's amazingly cool. We have everything we need. Uh, to take our, our country back, literally, and basically reset our founding. I like that. I kind of like that. Reset our founding. So what do I, what do I mean to that? Uh, reset our founding. That's kind of profound, actually. Yeah. I have my moments, you know what I mean? So, so when I say reset our founding, in other words, I want to use all the technology we have today, social media, the Internet, uh, everything. And, and, and turn us back to the founding where we had uh, the original laws, the, law, the Constitution, uh, and the basic laws before Marbury versus Madison, the courts, uh, before the year that, that basically killed our freedom, 1913, with the Federal Reserve Act, the federal income tax, and taking the, um, the state's uh, votes away for senators and giving it to lobbyists. And I said that particularly because when I talked to the Trump campaign, which I hope to actually fairly soon, um, is, is that one of the things I, that we propose. Uh, we, well, me, <laughs> Action Radio proposes, uh, hopefully I have uh, your support, but let me know if I don't. I mean, it's quite all right, uh, is that they uh, repeal or uh, rescind that uh, amendment, which uh, took the votes away from the states uh, and gave them to the people in a democracy, which basically means giving them to the lobbyists, the money, and the elite. That was the whole point of taking the votes away from the states. So it has to be framed in that argument. You have to be able to say, uh, to people who would vote for this in the states, is like, look, we're not we're not uh, taking the votes from the people. Uh, the lobbyists already did that. You you lost your vote as soon as the states lost their vote. 
All that happened was that it transferred um, voting from, uh, from the state legislatures in Congress so that they could protect the citizens of their state in Congress from the federal government. So, you'll, so, so you lost all your protection of your states, uh, and they made it worse because they gave your vote to the lobbyists because that's who has the money and that's who influences Congress. So as soon as Congress became representative of the lobbyists, they lost the ability to represent the people. Uh, and the states lost the ability to protect the people from the federal government. That's one of the, the there, there's, there's three checks and balances, balances. you know, the, the, well, actually a bunch of checks and balances. The first check and balance is the House of Representatives, which is elected by the people by congressional district. You know, and we find that out through a census, making sure that the illegal aliens aren't counted. <laughs> oh, did that not happen last time? I'm sorry. Anyway, so that's the first protection. The second protection of the people is the, is the Senate, which is represented by the states. So the people are represented by the House. The states are represented by the, uh, uh, the senators. Uh, and that was a protection on the people so that the lobbyists didn't control both houses of Congress, all right? so, like they do now. So that's why the Senate has to uh, um, be elected by state legislatures again, which is not to say the state legislatures aren't controlled by lobbyists too. It's not a system, but it's better to have the states have representation in Congress. Because what do they say? Represent- taxation without representation is tyranny. So the federal government is taxing the states. You know, uh, but they have no representation in Congress. Well, that's journey, obviously. You know, check my article on Substack, The Nation of Governments. It's an article that portrays Washington, D.C. Uh, as its own country uh, with uh, the states as colonies whose job it is to feed the Leviathan of, of the nation of government with endless tax dollars and uh, to okay their endless debt, which will eventually kill this country. Uh, who knows when? Nobody knows, um, but um, there will reach a point where the debt exceeds our ability to pay the interest on the debt, and at that point, we're dead. <laughs> the economy just dies. Uh, it may come sooner than that with uh, the, the, um, the, the U.S. dollar not being the currency of choice in like the petrodollar and the international agreements. Uh, and of course, the other is this, this whole idea of, uh, of a cashless society. I'm not as worried about that um, because there's a lot of folks around the world that really like cash, and so... Well, let's see what happens. Let's, let's see if cooler heads will prevail. Uh, but those are the big problems. But the, the, the single biggest thing that we need to do, if you want to fix the government and the economy at the same time, is you get out there our constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. When you take away the power of Congress to borrow money, the national debt freezes and then starts down as the bonds are paid off. Well, as the bonds are paid off and it, it comes down, the money, the, the, if you, the government isn't printing money, then the money supply becomes stable. But when it becomes stable, with increasing wealth and increasing GDP, the value of the dollar goes up. As the value of the dollar goes up, prices go down because the dollar is worth more. So it can buy more stuff. So what it used to cost $2 to buy, you can buy for $1. So you basically doubled your money. You know, once we start doing that, then you have what's called deflation, which is the, which is the savior of the economy. Deflation, which the Fed doesn't want to talk about, um, deflation is what will save us economically because the more the prices deflate and the more the dollar increases, the more valuable your labor uh, becomes, the more valuable your property becomes. Well, that's a good thing. And of course, the globalists will say, well, it's going to be bad for exports or imports. Well, screw that. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I want a prosperous country. Well, let, we'll figure, let the international folks figure out the rest of the world. That's their problem. Um, but all these things are good. And this is, but uh, see, the Fed says, well, we need 2 to 3% inflation per year. Why? Why would you inflate? Why would you take 2 to 3% of people's money? Where do you think that money goes? Where do you think the value of that money goes? If your money loses 2 to 3% per year, who, who gets that value? Well, the Fed, the private banks get it. 2 to 3% of your money they steal per year by law because they're allowed to write the laws. Well, that's crazy. 
So if you have 2 to 3% deflation, that means you're getting more and more of the power of your money back, and the Fed and the private banks and the people that control our economy are losing it. Of course, then you can abolish the Fed because they have no purpose. The purpose of the Fed is to raise interest rates to uh, you know, stop inflation from all the, the money that the, uh, the Congress is borrowing. Well, if the Congress isn't borrowing money, you don't need a Fed. There's no reason for it because the money supply will be relatively stable. So then the real secret, here's, here's the kicker, this is going to be even more fun, is that, that uh, the Congress should be pulling out you know, $5 trillion a year from the economy or $3 trillion or $2 trillion. They should be pulling out several trillion dollars per year, just burning it. Take that money out of circulation. Well, the more money that comes out of circulation, the more valuable each dollar becomes. That's another way to increase money. So Congress, burn money, literally burn it. Take it out of circulation. With fewer dollars out there, they become worth more. Just like gold and diamonds. I mean, what's the difference, right? Anyway, so that's, 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 the, that's a little rambling that I wasn't even intending to make because there's so much else to talk about. Uh, again, this is going to be a busy, busy day here at Action Radio. Uh, so we covered, covered April 1st. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Um, let's talk about the deplorable lack of coverage of the Clinton government massacre at Waco, Texas, where Trump just spoke. A week ago Saturday, he was just there. And everybody, including the, the Texas uh, lieutenant governor, said, well, the fact that Trump is speaking in Waco has nothing to do with the Waco government massacre in Waco. Really? What, do you think I'm stupid? Of course it does. But he didn't say it. So that was, uh, was kind of like, a, I think, a subtle message, but I think it was too subtle. Way too subtle. So Trump goes to Waco, uh, doesn't speak about the Waco massacre of the Clintons, which he should have done because Hillary's probably going to want to run again. And uh, where was Obama? during the Waco massacre. I, I don't know. I know where Hillary Clinton was. She was first lady, you know, probably, probably encouraging uh, Bill to uh, start the fires as soon as possible, given how she's treated the rest of America, you know, uh, as, as the terrorist in chief, you know, the, the domestic half of the, uh, the secret government, you know, she's the one I'm sure behind Merrick Garland, behind all the prosecutions, persecutions of, of Republicans, of school uh, parents at school board meetings. That, that, that just, I mean, the DC gulag, persecution of people uh, who visited the Capitol during the Capitol Hill invitational walk-in January 6th, that just absolutely reeks of Hillary. That is so Hillary, I can't tell you. So that's what I think she's doing. Uh, the other half of the, the secret government would be Barack Obama. And what's he doing? Well, he's giving $85 billion worth of our best weapons to the Taliban in the Muslim world because, after all, he is a, a Marxist Muslim, which uh, they go together very well because they're both authoritarian dictatorships. You know, one a theocracy and the other a state a dictatorship. A dictatorship is a dictatorship. They don't change, right? So now you've so you got Obama. He's the one that's doing that. He's the one that's bringing in um, hundreds of thousands of people from Afghanistan and around the world. Uh, he's, the, he's the open borders guy. So he would be the one most in charge of flooding this country with a peasant class that can be dominated and put on welfare, uh, you know, and, and uh, vote Democrat. Of course, the, what they, they haven't figured out yet because they're idiots uh, is how they're going to pay for all this. How are they going to pay for all these illegals that don't want to work and want to sit on welfare? You know, because the American working people, you know, the jobs that Americans won't do, one job that Americans won't do is, is pay for, for, you know, 20 million illegals, new illegals. So it's bad enough for paying for the illegals that are already here. And so one of the things we need to do is, is create a situation of uh, civil asset forfeiture on, on a local, on a county, state, well, city, county, state, and federal level. Federal is not going to be for a while, but certainly city, county, and state of seizing the assets of illegal aliens so that they leave. You, tell, you say, look, we're going to start seizing assets. And, of course, the left is going to go crazy. You can't do that. Well, yeah, we can. And, uh, well, there's no law that says you can. Yeah, there is. It's called being a criminal. 
you know, anytime anybody's a criminal, you can seize their assets. So you start seizing the assets of millions of illegal aliens. Trust me, the other millions will leave because they're going to want to keep their stuff. They're not stupid either. They're just corrupt. Big difference. If you came to this country to get welfare as an illegal alien, you know, then uh, look at the DACA people. DACA, they said, well, they came here as children. Yeah, well, they stayed as adults. <laughs> okay. So the fact that they stayed as adults makes them just as criminal as people who came here as adults. What's the difference? All right, so that's, so that's a way to handle that. All right, what else we got going on here? Big announcement, Ed Dowd. Uh, Ed Dowd, who wrote the book Cause Unknown, uh, all about the, the so-called secret deaths in between 2021 and 2022. It's not secret at all. It's the vaccine. So he, does, he documented that. He's going to be here Thursday. So Thursday, we're starting the show one hour late. And the reason I'm starting the show an hour late is because Ed Dowd is going to be on at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central Time, right after CJ's Wellness Watch. So CJ's on at uh, 9, Ed Dowd is on at 10. I'm starting the show at 8, 8 a.m. Central Time. Well, I get two open hours anyway. It's not like, uh, you know, you guys are flooding me with people begging to do reports, uh, which is okay. I mean, radio is intimidating. I understand that. But I'm open. I'm always open to new reports. You got an idea? You know, I mean, I can find you, which I usually do. But you can always con- contact me and say, I've got a great idea for a report. I want to do uh, butterflies in Saskatchewan, Canada. Okay, cool. You know, that, that, that's worth an hour. <laughs> you know, I want to do it every week. No, we're not going to talk about butterflies in Saskatchewan every week. I'm sorry. I mean, as much as it might fascinate you, you know, it, they've, got a, they've got a short growing season anyway up there for, for butterflies. Um, but, uh, but that's the kind of thing. You know, I don't care how weird the topic is. If I'm interested, I'll put it on the air. If I'm not interested, I won't. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> well, Greg, <clears throat> what gives you the right to do that? <clears throat> I don't know. I waited 40 years to be able to have a talk show where I could do what I wanted. So, yeah, that's what it does. All right. So Ed Dowd's coming on. And, of course, I want to talk to him. Um, about our vaccine product legislation. I'll tell Dr. Judy Mikevitz probably uh, about that as well. And because uh, she, she was on Friday for like three hours almost talking about some pretty incredible stuff. Um, you know, and just the fact that we, we've had a, a vaccine liability bill for two years and hasn't passed. So maybe we can recruit Ed, uh, especially the fact that uh, wouldn't it be really great if we got uh, Robert Francis Kennedy on too? I'll talk to Judy. I'll see what I can do. I can, all I can do is ask, you know. Uh, but if we get a doubt on our, 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 our side in terms of vaccine product legislation, uh, liability legislation, and our big tech bill the, and censorship, and he'd be the one to, to know. I mean, he's a Wall Street analyst. He, he, he's, you know, he's like uh, Jack Webb of Dragnet, uh, just the facts. Tell me exactly what the facts are, and that's what I'm going to deal with. And that's what he does. He's an analyst. You know, he's got a brilliant mind. He's a, he's a math guy. He's a numbers guy. He deals in numbers. He deals in reality. He, deals in, he doesn't make wild speculations like, you know, me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it's from those wild speculations that people start investigating the numbers. So you've got to start somewhere. So it's up to us creative folks to inspire the number crunchers to uh, look at the right set of numbers. And that's how we do it. Okay. <sighs> Main topic for this hour. Well, no, we'll see. Uh, I advised uh, Donald Trump in a Substack article, not that, he, not that he takes my advice directly, maybe one day. My advice is don't go to New York. It's a trap. Nothing good can come out of going to New York. It's hostile territory. It's enemy territory. They hate him there. And because they hate him and because they're so prejudiced against him, I would say that's reason enough not to go. Well, Greg, he's been indicted. Nobody's above the law. Well, that includes Alvin Bragg, the DA. He's not above the law either. This is prosecutorial misconduct. So what I would do if I were Trump is I would say, no, I'm staying in Florida. Uh, If you want to, uh, you can can file this arrest all you want, but we're going to challenge it on the ground that get a, get a, what do they call that? Um, Summary judgment. I'll ask Jonathan about the next hour. Summary judgment, which is like, no, <laughs> you know, that's a bogus charge. It's a false accusation. 
you know, prove, prove this accusation is, you know, valid. Prove that you have some evidence to do this. Well, it was heard by a grand jury. What, of Manhattan people? Oh, please, they all voted for Biden. And even if they didn't, the, the state, the, you know, the Democrat Party would have changed their votes to Biden. Because, you know, so I mean, you think that's a fair trial? So who's the jury of, besides, you're supposed to be judged by a jury of your peers. You, you mean to think that you're going to tell me that grand jury in New York was a jury of Trump's peers? Of course not. They were a jury of Trump's enemies. It's just like the, uh, what's going on in D.C. right now, the D.C. Gulag. I'm so happy to see everybody else calling it the D.C. Gulag. Just to let you know, as far as I know, it was heard here first on Action Radio. Because I called the D.C. Gulag as soon as people started being arrested. And so, uh, you know, so they're catching on. So, so all those in D.C. Gulag, do you think they, you know, all those uh, convictions of people that are in there, you think they got a jury of their peers? Do you think they even got a jury? Probably not. Maybe some did. A lot of them got administrative judges. So they went to a judge's hearing think they might get uh, better. And they were forced to plead, um, you know, uh, guilty to lesser charges so they wouldn't get greater charges. Well, that's B.S. too. That should be illegal as well. You can't, you can't tell somebody, well, you better take this lower charge or we're going to charge you with a higher charge. Well, wait a minute. Either the higher charge is valid or it's not. If it's not valid, you say, screw you. No, I'm not going to uh, plead to a, higher, to a lower charge just so you, you know, instead of a higher charge. That's extortion. That's not justice. That's not due process. I'm still waiting for my FBI address, uh, you know, arrest. So FBI KGB, if you're listening, uh, like I say, just call me in advance so I can make coffee and we can talk. But if you have to haul me away, then uh, I'm, I'm not taking a lesser charge. I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm, you know, I would never plead guilty to something I didn't do. Um, I might ask them to plead guilty to something they're doing. I don't know, false arrest, things like that. But I certainly will not plead guilty to something I did not do. And so that's just, that's just the way it is. So I'll tell you right now, you know, go ahead. You can arrest me, throw me in jail, do all that kind of stuff. I mean, I can't stop them. They got more guns. And they got more of them. And they would call the tanks and the National Guard and Hillary Clinton. And they'd turn my place into Waco. <laughs> yeah, so I don't want that to happen. Um, but on the other hand, um, I'm not going to plead guilty to a lesser charge. I'm just not. So I'll tell you right now. Don't even try. It's not going to get you anywhere. I don't care. All right. So the whole idea of Trump you know, pleading to this or, or Trump you know, going to New York is crazy. Now, the Secret Service, I've heard, is not going to let him be handcuffed, which is good. Otherwise, they would. This is all about uh, visual stuff. And, and I post something um, in, uh, in Facebook uh, a little while back that uh, this, is all, this, is all a, this is all a trap. I said this is not designed to put Trump in jail. What this is designed to do is the same thing that the impeachments were designed to do, which is stop Trump from campaigning and getting his issues out there. They want to take away his story. That's what this is about. They want to take away Trump's story. All right? So the best way to take away Trump's issues, Trump's stories, Trump's uh, rallies that are incredibly successful because Brandon doesn't hold rallies because nobody shows up. <laughs> that ought to tell you something. So you're telling me the man that uh, beat the most popular president since Ronald Reagan and, and uh, one of the most popular presidents ever was beaten by a, 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 you know, a, a mentally degrading, and I'm sorry for that, but it's true, mentally degrading senior uh, citizen who uh, you know, sits on his uh, you know, rocking chair watching the sunsets eating ice cream? Are you telling me he's the one that beat Donald Trump? I don't think so. Okay, even a, a, a logical face, that makes absolutely no sense. So I'm looking for an article that I wrote. Here we go. So I'm going to get this in just a little bit. I try and multitask here. So I have my right hand on the mouse, left hand on the keyboard, you know, my eyes on my live chat, and I'm in my mouth engaged in talking. This is multitasking, right, because I do it all. So left hand's on the keyboard, right hand on the mouse. All right, there we go. Yeah. So I don't have foot pedals yet, but that's the only thing left. <laughs> I'll work on that. So there's no reason for Trump to go to New York. Uh, again, I would counter sue. I would ask for a summary judgment. I would have a battery of lawyers go and say, we're going to go in, in Trump's place. And what we're going to do is charge you, uh, Mr. District Attorney, 
with false arrest, prosecutorial misconduct, uh, playing pure politics. And no, we're not going to have Trump show up. So, uh, and then, of course, the next step is they said, well, we're going to go to New York and we're going to go get him. And this is when Ron DeSantis steps in and says, well, you know what? You got to get past the Florida National Guard. We're not going to let you do that. So you people, you, all you're trying to do is play politics. You don't want Trump running against you because he's the only one that's going to take away all your, all your unjust, unjustly um, usurped powers, the deep state. He's the only one that's going to do that because he's the only one that doesn't need the money of the deep state. And, you know, for all the, all the things I like about Ron DeSantis, and there are many, there are many things I really like about Ron DeSantis as governor. If he wants to become president, he's going to have to suck up to the, the money, the, the donors. And that's going to be his downfall because he will compromise his principles because he'll have to, because he'll need the money to run. Well, anybody that needs the money to run enough to compromise their principles uh, shouldn't be running. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean only rich people can run? Eh, for now, it appears that way. But what we need is an independent funding source that gives people the money to run and doesn't tell them how to run, which is, which is, conflicting, which is a conflict to human uh, nature. Because if someone gives you a whole bunch of money, they're going to want you to you know, spend it their way. <laughs> That's just the nature of politics. Why do you think there are lobbyists? Why do you think there are lobbyists for big pharma, you know, having the, uh, the non-vaccines out there, um, killing people and injuring people, and, and, key, and Congress doesn't pass liability because they get too much money from it? So they're willing to kill people for money. Oh, what's the difference between that and, uh, you know, high, killing for hire? What's the difference between a mafia hit person and a member of Congress? Who's taking money to kill people? What's the difference? I don't see any. And yet that's, that's what's going on. So these people, these radical leftists, we have to break the left. In fact, we have to actually remove the left as a political force in this country. We have to defeat them electorally. We have to cheat better than they do. You know? uh, and uh, we have to do all the things we can to basically disempower the left. It's the only thing you know, to, to save this country. In fact, I wrote an article. I'll, I'll, uh, maybe I should do that one too at some point uh, soon again. You know, if there were no left, so if there were no left in America, what would it look like? Well, there'd be no gun control. There'd be no government education. There'd be no wokeism. There'd be uh, um, probably no Federal Reserve, no federal income tax. There'd be a lot of things. We wouldn't be a democracy. You wouldn't hear that all the time because democracy is the road to, to tyranny. Um, there's a bunch of things we wouldn't have. And we wouldn't have illegal aliens. Uh, we wouldn't have a national debt. We wouldn't have uh, tons of things. You know, you wouldn't have political correctness. You wouldn't have wokeism. You wouldn't have big tech um, doing all the things they're doing to censor people. You, what you would have, uh, you wouldn't have judges advocating, you know, radical social policy. Uh, we'd be a pretty decent place. And so that's, that's why I say what we really need to do is reset our founding. In other words, take the founding principles of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, uh, and actually use them today and get rid of the laws that don't apply. Get rid of the departments that don't apply, that, don't, that uh, aren't covered by that. Um, get rid of Marbury versus Madison, stop judicial review, turn the courts back to what they're supposed to be, handling cases, uh, get the states back into Congress um, by abolishing the 17th Amendment, remove the, the federal government's ability to tax anybody. <laughs> you know, the, the, only way that, the only place the federal government should get money is from the states. You know, and then uh, reset our founding. That's basically what we need to do. Okay, let me get you an article uh, as I'm going along here. I'll take a break in a little bit. I want to get through. This is probably a good thing to, uh, to cover now. So I wrote this back on March 30th, a whole, what, four days ago? I tend to write a lot. Um, and I'm trying to alternate, you know, an older article of mine that I want to get, you know, put somewhere so people can find it, you know, because the articles, it, when you put an article on the website, like American Thinker, uh, Canada Free Press, Intellectual Conservative, great websites, by the way. I love those websites. But your article goes in once and it's gone. I mean, people can find it in the archives, but, you know, I'd rather have it in my Substack. 
so people can find it immediately. So our article, article four days ago, I think it was the night or maybe the day after uh, I heard that Trump was being indicted bogusly by uh, Soros district attorney, a leftist who's carrying out basically a political clandestine operation uh, that we happen to know, who we happen to see. So it's called the Action Radio Response, Rapid Response to Trump's bogus indictment. And the subheading, the following steps should be accomplished immediately. Uh, I wrote this March 30th. Then I, then I put a quote. I actually made up a quote. You know, put my own name on it because I can. <laughs> I said, when your enemy engages in completely illegal actions under cover of law for purely political purposes, it is not your duty to comply, but rather to resist, to preserve the law. So in other words, my contention is that Trump, in order to preserve the law, to preserve, not the rule of law, because I don't believe in that. The law does not rule. The people rule. This is a country of we the people, not we the laws. Okay? Because people manipulate the laws. Laws are tools of oppression at times, depending on who's, who's creating them. So it's not the rule of law. It's the rule of we the people who consent to certain laws. See, this is the difference with Action Radio. So our mission here is that we the people give our consent to be governed through actually writing the laws by which we are governed. And here's the second part, have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. That's what it's all about. It's pretty simple. But for Trump to preserve the law, he has to resist this. That's my contention. I'll ask, I'll ask Jonathan. Hopefully Jonathan's listening. I mean, he's a busy guy, so you never know. He probably does you know, legal briefs before he gets here and then, uh, and then all kinds of other stuff afterwards. And, you know, and then because he's a busy guy. Anyway, all right, okay, so I'll take that. Yep, just quick messages come in. I have to have messages periodically just to make sure someone isn't saying, hey, Greg, you're not broadcasting. What? Don't tell me that. Apparently, we are broadcasting, which is good. All right, got a couple folks. Calman is back on live chat, hasn't sent us a message yet. And hopefully, Marco will check in from the Netherlands here pretty soon. He's like our European contact. And anybody else who wants to check in around the world, you know, depending on your time, now's the time to do it. So live chat's a great way um, to get a message to me directly. Anyway, so that's it. So I wrote this, this quote, when your enemy, that would be the left, when your enemy engages in completely illegal actions under cover of law, in other words, you know, because they're, they're saying they're law enforcement, that would be district attorneys, police, uh, local police, state police, you know, federal police that have no constitutional uh, justification. There's no justification for the FBI in the Constitution. There's no authorization. There's no authorization for any federal bureaucrat to be armed. And I'm not talking about the military. The military is different. The military is a whole separate category. I mean, obviously, they have to be armed. They can't defend the nation unless they're armed. I mean, get real, all right? But bureaucrats, there is no constitutional provision for any bureaucrat to be armed. So the FBI, I don't know if the FBI exists as, a, as an information actually an information service and helping the states with, you know, fingerprints, DNA, labs, you know, profiles on serial killers, things like that. That's okay. But uh, what they can't do, you know, what they can't do is, is carry guns and enforce laws because there's only three laws that the Constitution allows for the federal government anyway. Treason, piracy, counterfeiting. Well, treason is in time of war, giving aid and comfort to the enemy. That can be handled by the U.S. Marshals. Uh, piracy, well, that's on the high seas and now the air. That's the Navy and the Air Force. Uh, and counterfeiting, well, that's handled by the Secret Service. So the only two agencies that can be armed in the federal government constitutionally are the U.S. Marshals and the Secret Service. We need to disarm everybody else, all 287,000 armed bureaucrats. Okay? And that's, why do we do that? To preserve the law. So in other words, by defying these authorities, these leftist authorities, we're actually preserving the law. We're preserving the Constitution. So I'll say again my quote, when your enemy engages in completely illegal actions under cover of law, 
for purely political purposes. It is not your duty to comply, but rather to resist, to preserve the law. So if Trump wants to preserve the law, he has to resist this. Don't go to New York. Don't show up. Don't let them photograph you. Don't let them perp walk. Don't do mug shots. You know, you can see mug shots on every campaign for the next year and a half. Don't do it. It's, it's completely bogus. Make them justify what they're doing. Okay. And they can't. So this is, go ahead. You know, let's, just, let's uh, send this up to the court of public opinion first. Let's, uh, let's, uh, you know, let's get a jury. Uh, let's, let's see who's on that grand jury. <laughs> you know, let's, uh, let's do what the, what the left always does. Let's release the transcripts. Let's see what really happened. There. Well, it's a secret proceeding. Really? Like Trump's phone calls that they impeached him on? Tell me about it. All right. So here's what I wrote. Well, actually, oh, they have, they have, a, they have a, a, a nice little uh, thing here, just in case you missed it. Um, Substack does this, and it says, Greg Penglis, Action Radio Citizen Legislature, I guess that's me, is a reader-supported publication to receive new posts and support my work. I guess they're saying this about me. Consider becoming a free or paid subscriber. Yeah, let me just put that in there. I mean, free subscribers are welcome. I mean, I do a lot of free subscriptions because I'm poor. But that'll change one day uh, as, soon as, as soon as we come out from the suppression of big tech. But a paid subscription would really help right now. So if you want to do uh, Faction Radio, help me do what I do, help all of us do what we do, then uh, please consider a paid subscription to Substack at gregpenglis.substack.com. All right, so let me go through these points, take a break, and then we'll get Jonathan at the top of the hour. Well, maybe I'll take a break right now. Yeah, let's do it right now. It's uh, 7.29. This would be a good time to do that. Let me just put a little note to myself here. This helps me. Uh, now that I've started taking these little notes, it makes my, my show notes so much easier uh, when, I, when I do at the end of the show, sort of like when we do things and when we talk about stuff. Okay, be back in just a little bit. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stars Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. 
Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H-Care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Live here, Greg Pangos, Action Radio, broadcasting worldwide from the, uh, the, the the wonderful, beautiful, historic district of Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River here on the Gulf Coast of Florida, northwest corner uh, up in the Panhandle, uh, Matt Gates district. And it was interesting watching um, a special with Matt, uh, uh, my congressman here, uh, in uh, on One American News. They have like half an hour. So I'm thinking, geez, cause if, they, if they can take my congressman for half an hour, and he knows me, you know, he's been on the show for a while, but he really knows who I am because we've talked enough times, uh, that maybe I can uh, entice him to direct uh, One American News our way. Uh, not that we need a half-hour special. No, actually, we do need a half-hour special. I've got plenty of legislation. Vaccine product liability, ending big tech censorship, uh, disarming the federal bureaucracy. Uh, we've got uh, you know, ending Congress's ability to borrow money. We've got ending withholding during the time you're earning your standard deduction. We've got jury instructions so the judge, judges aren't charged anymore. Um, we've got a bunch of bills. Um, uh, Jonathan Mosley has a bill, you know, that uh, handles all the the bankruptcies that are coming when the COVID money runs out. 
We've got uh, Josie's bill on fingerprint voter ID. We've got a bunch. We've got Pianchi's bill on separating the ballots, uh, federal and state, uh, in an election. We've got tons of bills. We have a lot of stuff here. We can we can fix pretty much anything. We just have to get known and get out there. And a half hour one American news special. Yeah, that'd be that'd be uh, that'd be a good start. So we just uh, need all these folks talking about it. All right. So I wrote this March 30th, the Action Radio rapid response to Trump's bogus indictment. And then obviously, this is a bogus indictment. It is not based on crimes, but on wishful thinking that they can stop Trump from running again in 2024. It's the action uh, of a federal communist dictatorship deep state who, uh, who stole the election. And since this is an illegitimate government all the way through, it doesn't have to be obeyed. Also, this is a bogus state action of New York. Yeah, uh, the Supreme Court even said that. Not that I have much respect for them, because I don't. Uh, occasionally, they get it right when they actually deal with a case and not uh, make up stuff. But uh, this is bogus. And the, the Supreme Court said, well, if the law is not constitutional, it doesn't have to be obeyed. Okay, well, that should apply for this as well. So, Supreme Court, where are you? How come they haven't uh, overruled this and thrown it out? So, wait a minute. No, sorry. That's, that's bogus. That's not going to happen. Uh, next paragraph, I wrote, Donald Trump is a citizen of Florida as well as a citizen of the United States. So we're all dual citizens, right, uh, per the 14th Amendment. And so Florida can take whatever action they want to protect Trump from the illegal political prisoner election candidate suppression campaign currently going on, including the denial of letting Trump out of Florida to go to New York. So here are the steps that need to be taken immediately. Now, shortly after I wrote this, I learned that Governor DeSantis has done the right thing. He says, no, I'm not extraditing Trump. I'm not forcing him out of Florida. That's your friggin' problem, <laughs> you know? But what I would do is take it one step further and say, no, not only, not only are we not extraditing him, but no New York officials can come here and we'll put the National Guard around Mar-a-Lago if necessary to keep you out. That would include the feds. Screw you. You know, and so the states have to start protecting their citizens. So the 14th Amendment is really clear. Where it's, well, let me just read it just to be on the safe side. Lest I be misquoted or, or misquote the Constitution. Amendment 14 says, oh, it's 27, let's go back a bit here. All persons born or naturalized in the United States, okay, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, that means, you know, your parents were, at least one of your parents was a U.S. citizen, are citizens of the United States and, and here's the good part, of the state wherein they reside. So anybody who lives in Florida who is a U.S. citizen or a permanent resident is not only, uh, well, citizens of the United States are also citizens of the state of Florida. I would think that extends to permanent residents who have been given permission to be here permanently. You know, uh, green cards, they're, they're, they're not citizens, but they're certainly residents um, deserving of state protection of the state in which they reside also. To a lesser extent, because uh, immigrants are not citizens and do not deserve, obviously, full protection of the Constitution. They can't vote. They can't serve on juries. Does anybody ever wonder why it's so, impor- so important that, uh, that uh, permanent residents can't serve on juries? Because people don't think of jury duty as a big deal. Well, the reason is because juries can nullify laws. Juries are incredibly powerful. Juries are actually supreme to judges, but they never, the judges never, never tell the juries this, and the juries never ask. Well, okay, I did. <laughs> I'm different. I'm, uh, I was born from, uh, cut from a different cloth, as they say. But yeah, if you ever confront a judge, say, look, wait a minute, I'm supreme to you. Well, how can that be? I'm the judge, blah, blah, yada, yada, yada. Well, wait a minute. Doesn't the Constitution say we the people? You know, aren't you a public servant? Judge, you know, so I'm going to instruct you. I actually said that in a court case. I said, look, I'm going to instruct you because the judge threw me off, of course. So you, you can't do this. Yeah, I can. I said, I represent the people. You represent the government. You know, if the government is subordinate to the people, then of course I can tell you what to do. Well, you have to, you're just going to pick and choose laws. No, I'm going to follow the law. And if I don't follow the law, it's your job to tell me. And then we'll, then we'll, then we'll talk. <laughs> it was quite an interesting discussion. All right. 
So then I said, so here are the, here are the bullet points that I said uh, should be taken immediately. One, put the Florida National Guard in a 10-mile perimeter around Mar-a-Lago. Trump, his family, and anyone he designates can come and go as they please, but there is a no-pass zone. In other words, you cannot pass, all right? No-pass zone for any federal officials or employees or any official of the state of New York. Trump can also make a no-guest list. So in other words, people he doesn't want to see, 10-mile perimeter. The Florida, you know, could be the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, could be uh, Mar-a-Lago Police, but uh, if necessary, the Florida National Guard um, should, uh, you know, block Mar-a-Lago from any, any enforcement by the state of New York because this, this is sovereign Florida territory. Screw you, New York. It's not your, you know, we're not going to let you uh, rig an election um, by making Trump look bad just because of your political purposes in this bogus lawsuit. Okay? I don't care what the grand jury said. Obviously, they're a bunch of idiots. They're certainly not Trump's peers. Trump's peers would be conservative billionaires who believe in America first. So uh, who should be on the panel? Um, Elon Musk, <laughs> he'd be a good juror. Uh, who else might, uh, might we put? A conservative billionaires. I guess the Koch brothers, one of them's left, but they're, they're not that conservative anymore. Who's they, who, are, who are the conservative billionaires? Um, the, you know, it's a good question. How many, how many people are actually Trump's peers who are billionaires who believe in America first, who would be uh, comparable to Trump, uh, who could actually serve as a juror uh, or on a grand jury as peers? Hmm, it's an interesting question. All right, second point. There should be declared a no-fly zone or temporary flight restricted zone over Mar-a-Lago up to 10,000 feet, also enforced by the Florida National Guard. If the feds try to nationalize our guard, Governor DeSantis has to refuse. Point number two. Point number three. Trump should in no way leave Florida. I'm telling you, Trump, don't leave Florida. Don't go to New York. I'm telling you. Trust me on this one. Don't go. Trump should in no way leave Florida. Never go to New York. Have the Attorney General of Florida sue New York for prosecutorial misconduct and have anyone associated with the Trump indictment arrested. So I would arrest the DA uh, Trump. What's his name? Alvin? You know, it makes me wonder where Simon and Theodore are. You have to be old enough to get that reference. So Alvin Bragg. So Bragg wants bragging material. So Alvin Bragg, District Attorney of New York, needs to be arrested for prosecutorial misconduct because obviously these aren't serious charges. They're, they're a joke. They're, they're political. Anyway, and anyone associated with that needs to be arrested too, especially if they come to Florida. <laughs> Go come to Florida. Yeah, enjoy our hospitality. <laughs> we can make a gulag too for New York. Anyway, Governor DeSantis has already de- declared he will not help the New York DA. So that's the good news. So the Senate has done something really great. He said, I'm not helping you take Trump out of Florida. I'm not extraditing him. Now, I heard recently from someone, I've forgotten who it is, it might be Jonathan, that the governor of Florida has some pretty extraordinary powers to protect the citizens of Florida. So I'll ask him about that. But that's something I think is, is absolutely critical. Bullet point number four, Ashley Moody, Florida Attorney General, needs to immediately indict Joe Biden for election fraud and stealing the government in a coup. So if they can indict Trump on these bogus charges, we should at least be able to indict Joe Biden on real charges of stealing the government. So that's how you do it. See, if you fight fire with fire and with bigger fire, you know, because we know Trump, we know, we know Biden stole the election as well as Obama, Hillary, Susan Rice, and, you know, uh, probably John Bolton, all, all the permanent war class neocons, you know, Schumer, <laughs> uh, Pelosi, um, Mitch McConnell, all those folks, the deep state, they all stole the election, Mike Pence. You know, so uh, so I would immediately indict Joe Biden. Uh, and if he wants to, doesn't make him sing like a canary, as they say. Go ahead, Joe, sing like a canary. Tell us what you know of who's involved. Of course, then they'll say, well, he's not mentally competent to uh, uh, to declare who was involved in the coup. Oh, really? Then what's he doing in the White House? <laughs> you know, either way, we win. Next bullet point: Florida needs to ban all flights from New York. Ban all flights originating in New York. 
No cruise ships can go from Florida to New York or from New York to Florida. Trains to Florida cannot go through New York. So in other words, we have a travel ban with New York. That we need to do. So Governor DeSantis, if you're listening, now like I say, he's doing the right thing. He's not exercising Trump, but he needs to blockade New York. We need to isolate New York, blockade New York. But gee, Greg, the people will pay. Okay, fine. So they'll, they'll pressure Alvin Bragg to stop doing, stop his bragging rights. Okay, next one. If possible, Florida should open up a stock exchange to compete with the New York Stock Exchange. Okay, I think it's a great idea. So let's have the Miami Stock Exchange. So let's have an alternate stock exchange to New York to defund uh, Wall Street. Let's do it. Uh, next one. Florida has to ban all imports of food, food, wine, cheese, and other manufactured or agricultural goods produced in New York. So in other words, Florida needs to do a trade ban on New York. Look, a lot of places make food, wine, and cheese. France, for example. <laughs> okay. Uh, the rest of the country. Uh, I think even New England makes wine. Nevada makes wine. Where the growing season is, what, five weeks? <laughs> because it's so hot there and dry. But uh, California wine. California's actually, well, you might want to boycott them, too, for other reasons. But in other words, a lot of places, you know, let's grow our own food. Well, apparently, there's Florida wine. I haven't tried it yet, but uh, there's some wineries I want to start visiting. Uh, cheese. I bet you we make cheese. Wisconsin, you know, especially if they... Um, if they, if they vote for uh, another conservative judge to replace their previous conservative judge and don't go all woke and become a bunch of communists. So, yeah, we get Wisconsin cheese. So we don't need any products. Uh, next one, no, official, no Florida official can attend any function in New York. So the entire Florida, everybody's like, nope, sorry, you can't go. Just like they banned that, uh, was it, they, they had a, an all-star game that's supposed to go to Atlanta. And we're not going to Atlanta. They're, they're, they're not uh, pushing uh, gay special rights. Well, of course, there's no such thing as special rights under the Constitution. Doesn't stop people from boycotting Atlanta. So let's boycott, boycott New York. Uh, what about next here? Florida must uh, commence a complete economic blockade and boycott of New York, especially regarding uh, conventions and any sporting events. So Florida teams, don't play in New York. I'm serious. Don't go. Conventions, don't go to New York. Go somewhere else. You know, we've got great places in Florida for conventions. Next one, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, the FDLE, should escort out of the state any federal or New York employee if they don't live here and then close down all federal and any New York buildings in the state of Florida so they can't operate here until this is over. They should have done that anyway for January 6th. All federal offices in the state of Florida should have been closed once the first prisoner was put in the D.C. Gulag, political prisoner. But that still can be done now, and now's a good reason to do it. Next, seize all federal land in Florida and make it state land per the Constitution, Article 1, Section 8. Now, we've covered this with uh, Dr. Roger Roots, who's also a lawyer. He's in Washington right now. He's a rather funny meme for those that are friends of Roger Roots. But we talked for two hours on why uh, federal land in the states is not federal land. Because the Constitution says the only federal land is D.C. Uh, and the necessary land under buildings that are on the docks, in other words, the, the border, uh, and under military bases. That's it. So it's not under military base, and it's not on our border, and it's not D.C. It's not federal land. You know, that's simple. And so Florida, any federal land in Florida should be immediately seized, made state land, and say, screw you, federal government. Kick out the BLM, kick out everybody else. Next, ship all illegal aliens from Florida to New York. <laughs> that might be easier said than done, but at least we can make it a start. Uh, remember when we used to, when, when DeSantis sent the illegals to uh, Martha's Vineyard, which I, I renamed Mighty Whitey Island. <laughs> so we, we did a few shows on that. So, so send all the, uh, send all the illegals, you know, the, the colored people, the black and brown people that the left hates. Obviously they hate. Look, look, look what goes on in the schools and the, the big cities, right? So send all the illegal aliens we can from Florida to New York. 
Next one, start a broadcast, start and broadcast a massive PR campaign with ads titled, We Hate New York. <laughs> okay? You don't have I love New York? Let's put We Hate New York. Well, it's a bad thing, Greg. No, but in this case, it's funny. Right, here we go. So here's, um, this, and this is a big one. Not directly related to an action item, but I thought I'd put it in anyway. All seven battleground states with Trump electors have to recall their Brandon electors and certify Trump electors to put Trump back in the White House immediately past the two-year mark. This is right in my article. Since it is past the two-year mark, the 22nd Amendment says that serving less than two years of a term allows for that term not to count in the two-year two-term maximum. So Trump can return to the White House anytime now and still run in 2024. That's something really key, folks. Uh, and not a lot of people, I think, um, get that. I talked about it with Christina Bob, confirmed it with her. She says, yep, that's right. You know, and she's Trump's attorney. She knows more about the law than I do. <laughs> you know, anyway, so uh, Trump, as of January 21st, 2023, was then passed the two-year mark, which is January uh, 20th, 2023. You know, owing to the, the, the government deep state insurrection, which stole the government January 20th of 2021. So Trump is now eligible to go to the White House and then um, run, into, run for uh, 2024 because this term being less than two years wouldn't count against him. Isn't that interesting? And then I'm, the last bullet point, every other state that believes in America should do the same as Florida. So those are the main points. Blockade New York, Mar-a-Lago becomes a no-fly zone for, for you know, New York officials, <laughs> you know, a no-pass zone. Uh, and basically, we start uh, using the law against the state of New York, New York officials, and, of course, the federal government. Now, the reason I include the federal government is because they're supporting New York. They haven't stopped them from doing this bogus action. So that's how it goes. So now I've got a few minutes. What am I talking about between now and when uh, Jonathan gets here? Let's see what's on my list of many things to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a bunch of articles. I want to get into the transgender thing a bit, too. This is something that's a, that's a big deal as well. And so I had, well, I'm also get really controversial here. So it's coming out more and more. That, and we talked about this with Judy Mikovits. So it's not like we don't have a, a uh, biochemical and uh, molecular biological basis for saying that those individuals that were given uh, ADHD drugs, mostly boys, uh, those that were uh, given psychotropic drugs, you know, boys and girls, young men and women, uh, that would be the Lovix, Prozac, all those kind of psychotropics that uh, had the side effects of homicidal and suicidal tendencies, and those that were trans-altered. Trans drug altered. In other words, those that went through trans altering, uh, that's what I call it because you're not transgendering. You're not transiting to another gender. You can't do that. You know, everybody knows that who knows anything about this. Right? So you're trans altering. So if you're trans altering with drugs that also have the exact same effects of uh, homicidal and suicidal tendencies, um, then, that, uh, uh, then that's, that's a huge problem. Uh, and so those, uh, you know, and we've got articles on, on those being, you know, the, the, some of these mass shootings have been carried out by trans-altered folks. So my question is, in fact, Piaki's on the line now. So let me ask it. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm going to make this line live and ask it as I'm making it live. My question is, should trans-altered people who have taken dangerous drugs that cause suicidal and homicidal tendencies, given what Aubrey Hale, I'll mention her name, his name, excuse me, his name, did no, her name. It's her name. She started off as, as female and stayed female. I get confused. Anyway, uh, the person, the, the trans-altered person that murdered those kids and those teachers uh, in Nashville, um, should transgender folks be banned guns just as medical marijuana users are? Uh, those that have been judged mentally uh, incapacitated or, or for whatever reason. 
know, would that be interesting to do? Obviously, this is you know thrown in the left's face. But should people who are trans altered uh, be denied uh, buying firearms? Pianchi? And I'm kind of throwing the question well, out there. Well, yeah, I you think have... so. But this woman, Hale, <clears throat> was uh-huh. in Obama's military, right? I don't know. Does she have, was she a veteran? You tell me. Yeah, from what I read. Huh. So she learned how to use a gun in Obama's military. Now, is it, does Obama's military have a significance to this because they promoted trans altered folks into the military? Well, I guess one could uh, point some fingers in that direction. Okay. I mean, I'm just wondering. You know, and I, I don't have a problem with, with uh, anybody serving the military in as long as they're fit. But, you know, they take people, they take boys who have had uh, too much Ritalin or Ritalin at all. They're denied the ability to serve in the military. So why shouldn't trans people who have had yeah. trans-altering drugs uh, who might have suicidal and homicidal tendencies have the same uh, restrictions as those with uh, Ritalin and ADHD drugs? Well, I think I mentioned it Friday. That uh, may have. apparently, go ahead. These psychotropic drugs are causing these delayed problems in these individuals. So no, I wouldn't want anyone, just like in military, wouldn't allow people that ever been on Ritalin to join. Yeah. Well, I got a bunch of articles here. I got the links between uh, psychiatric drugs and violence. We talked about that one last week. Psychiatric drugs, school shootings. Talked about that. Uh, here's one I have too. Well, here's an interesting article. I, I don't know if I do the, want to do this one or just want to talk for a minute. I've got uh, something that, that I talked about too, why some gays are trying to drop transgenders from the LGBT to make it LGB. And this is an intellectual takeout. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get to that one in a bit. But I think there's a real separation. I think you cannot put, and I wonder if the, the, the trans alter did this for a reason. I'm using the word trans altered on purpose for those of you that aren't uh, familiar because you cannot transgender. So just to make it really clear, to everybody out there, why I'm saying trans-altered, because that's what you're doing. You're taking a person and you're altering them with drugs and surgery so they will never be the person they were before. And so that's, they've been altered. That's why I call it that. But what I'm saying is, does that cause the violence um, that's, uh, I'm find that, that series of articles, because there's a bunch of them. I think New York actually did it, which is interesting. Um, that should, those, should that prohibit uh, trans-altered folks from owning guns, just like uh, people who you know, or in any kind of drug, even medical marijuana uses are prohibited officially. I don't know how much it happens, but they're actually prohibited from owning uh, firearms because of medical marijuana. Well, you can't get uh, certification as a pilot if you've ever done some of these drugs. So maybe trans-altered folks that have dangerous drugs in the system, you know, with homicidal and suicidal tendencies shouldn't be pilots. How's that for a thought? Well, I probably wouldn't want one. But, but the reason I'm saying this is not because I'm trying to limit the amount of people who are eligible to be pilots. I'm saying this because the left is trying to demonize everybody that disagrees with them, cancel them, get rid of them, uh, take away guns. They want to confiscate guns from everybody. They're saying, well, look, wait a minute. You know, let's use your criteria against groups that you favor. <laughs> you know, that's why I'm doing it. I mean, this, this is a lesson in hypocrisy. But let's go to Newsweek before Jonathan. Jonathan's going to be here in about five minutes. So this is Newsweek, um, March 28th, so just a few days ago. And they, and they asked the question, how many mass shootings have been carried out by transgender people? And I said transgender, even though you know I'm going to be using the term trans-altered. Uh, this is by Alex Phillips, A-L-E-K-S, A-L-E-K-S, Phillips. Uh, and this was on uh, March uh, 28th. 
and so, oh yeah, so we're now April third, yeah, whatever. Anyway, he says a tweet listing four. What is a he or her? What do you think Alex is? A L E K S, male or female? Want to take a guess? I don't know. Uh, probably. Well, you can't call him female any longer because I see where a superintendent lost his bid for a job because he addressed the uh, uh, commissioner as female, and, and they took his application, his resume, out of the bunch. <laughs> what, what kind of communism is that? See, the nice thing about radio is I don't have a boss, so I can say it, and I do. And then Blog Talk's really good. They don't. Uh, you know, they, remember Bert, the, the Nazi that used to call the show? So they let Bert the Nazi on, and he spews all kinds of hate and venom. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, so what we do with, with people like that is we counter it with logic and compassion and uh, decent stuff. Anyway, here's what the article says. A tweet listing four mass shootings in the past five years that were perpetrated by transgender, a.k.a. transaltered, people has gone viral, attracting 5.4 million views as of 8 a.m. Uh, on Tuesday. In fact, it attracted the, the uh, attention of Twitter owner Elon Musk. Now, this is Newsweek. This is not a, a conservative source. Okay, they're, they're pretty much middle of the road now to liberal, depending on, on the article. Article says, Benny Johnson, a political columnist and Turning Point USA official, interesting in quoting him, wrote in his viral tweet, one thing is very clear. The modern trans movement is radicalizing activists into terrorists. That's pretty straightforward. Musk, who has expressed varying views on transgender issues and is reported to have a transgender child. Oh, yeah, of course they want to make that that point, replied to his tweet with an exclamation mark, uh, itself seen uh, 2.2 million times. So it says, here we go. So Benny Johnson writes, the Colorado Springs shooter identified as non-binary. The Denver shooter identified as trans. The Aberdeen shooter identified as trans. The Nashville shooter identified as trans. One thing is very clear. The modern trans movement is radicalizing activists into terrorists. My question is, how much of that is drug-induced uh, psycho, psychotropic drug induced uh, as well. So you've got psychotropics, you've got trans altering drugs, both of which cause brain damage as far as I can see. Uh, you've got psychological counseling, you've got the radicalization from the left going on in the schools and with the counselors and with the psychologists. You've got uh, anti ADHD drugs that I have no idea what they do. Adderall. I, I did a story on uh, uh, ADHD drugs and all these guys called in saying, Look, I'm still suffering from Adderall, Adderall when I was five years old. Like, what the hell are they putting you on that way back then? So isn't Adderall like one step away from heroin? <laughs> I forgot what it's connected to. It's connected to some other drug. Well, why come they not being why come they not be excited for driving under the influence? Well, that's a good question. So in other words, so is so a trans person who's under the influence of the drugs that are trying to alter them, uh, are they not in fact drug induced and not able to drive? That's a good point. We need to start talking about these things. Anyway, he says the tweet follows a school shooting in Nashville. What do you mean school shooting? It was a murder. They're really sanitizing the language about this. School shooting? Sounds kind of calm, doesn't it, right? It's a murder in National Monday in which they say the name Aubrey Hale, identified by police as transgender. Why did the police identify her as that? Him. The, the, no, wait a minute. It's a her. What, what did she start? What did, the, hmm, what did this person start as? She's, she's female, trying start to be a guy. Female. Okay, so she's female, trying to be a guy, which, of course, you can't do is suspected of, uh, to have shot and killed six people, including three members of the staff and three nine-year-old children, which I hear one of them was actually eight, but that's, you know, anyway. So Ollie London, a media personality who has become critical of the transgender movement since deciding to detransition. Oh, there you go. So this is the best people. People have actually been there. Uh, Ollie says the trans movement is pushing more and more extremism each day. 
So they, they need to be listed as a domestic terrorist group, one would think. He says they recruit people, indoctrinate them, and pump them full of propaganda until they become filled with hate and rage. Well, not only is pumping them full of propaganda, they're pumping them full of drugs. If you pump people with enough, well, it's, it's like the testosterone into female bodies. That can't be a good thing. You know, it's like the accelerator and the brake on the economy. Anyway, it's as well, the article says, well, we used the apparent prevalence of shootings by transgender individuals to highlight mental health concerns. <laughs> That's interesting language. Out that there had already been more than 100 mass shooters in 2023 alone. Well, see, what, what, is it, what do they consider mass? Mass, I think the new definition is, is it due to two or more or three or more. See, mass to me is a whole lot of people. I think they're, they're, they're exaggerating the language. It happens in Chicago every day. Okay, so Chicago is a mass shooting zone. Maybe we should declare it that. Anyway, it says, therefore, the number of mass shootings perpetrated by transgender individuals, or as I say, trans-altered, mounted to a fraction of the total number of the U.S. over the past five years. Okay. According to figures from the Gun Violence Archive, that'd be a liberal group, there have been 131 mass shootings this year, and there were 647 in 2022. In total, there have been 2,861 mass shootings in the U.S. since 2018. Some have had more than one perpetrator. That seems like a lot. Do you remember 2,861 mass shootings on the news, Pianchi, in 2022? Oh, since 2018? Only in Chicago. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not laughing at Chicago deaths. I'm not. I'm just saying that it's, just, it's an interesting irony. Uh, Newsweek reached out to Gun Violence Archive for further details. Well, let's get the, let's get the details of who the people are. Okay, so let's, let's skip all the propaganda. Uh, of course, then they talk about every town research and policy. That's uh, Michael Bloomberg's billions to try and get rid of guns. Yeah, so, so they give you all the disclaimers first. So let's get to the news. There's the three of these shooters identified as transgender, one later identified as non-binary. I'm not sure what the difference is. So binary, that would be male and female. Is that what they consider binary? And non-binary is anything where they're trying to add categories beyond male and female? Let me, let me get my language straight here. I don't know. You know, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's so confusing, even with this hell person, uh, from what I suspect is that she was born a female, and the news media don't want to designate her as male. He used that pronoun. And, you know, you may mention about Michael Bloomberg. Why don't he work on taking weapons away from these people that's on these drugs instead of trying to go after folks like you and I? Weapons. Well, if you're a if you're a leftist uh, supremacist, your enemy is anybody who believes in freedom. Can you explain? Uh, Jonathan's on the line too. too. Let me explain this. The, who really explained it to me the best way? That was Dr. Peter Pry, who used to be on the show before. I believe he was killed by a COVID shot uh, last August, and he said white supremacy is not about white people per se. What it's about is the supremacy of the thoughts of white people, particularly white men. And that would be Magna Carta, you know, the different freedom documents we've had over the years, Constitution, Declaration of Independence, um, Bill of Rights. So what they think is the supremacy of the idea of freedom over the idea of groupthink and communism. So what they're saying, if they're saying you're a white supremacist, they're saying you believe in freedom is supreme over their Marxism. And that's really what they're fighting. This is an ideological battle. It's not a color battle. They're using skin color as, as kind of like a metaphor because the people that wrote about freedom the most were white guys, you know, going back a couple thousand years, you know, or however long. When, when was, the, when was uh, 
um, a thousand years at least. Magna Carta was like a, a ten something or eleven something. It's a long time ago, and I'm sure there were doctrines yeah, before at least that. A, at least a thousand years in modern history. That's, okay, that's so you got, you got, yeah, you got a thousand years of, of uh, predominantly white guys writing about freedom, predominantly European white guys writing about freedom. And so that's the white supremacy that they're talking about, the supremacy of freedom over communism, freedom over slavery, freedom over Marxism, freedom over groupthink and group so-called rights. That's the supremacy that they're really fighting. And if people understood that, when Peter Price said that to me, it made everything else really clear, that that's the supremacy. So the reason they say white supremacy, they want to reduce it to a discussion of color, but it's really not a discussion of color. It's a discussion of ideology, freedom versus slavery. Individual versus group, uh, liberty versus control. It's that same old argument we've had since the first person wanted to control the first other person. That's what's going on. Jonathan, have you ever heard that before? That's uh, it described that way as white supremacy being the supremacy of the freedom of the individual, of a thought process, of an ideology versus a skin color? Because it makes a lot of sense to me. Jonathan? It makes a lot of sense. I've never heard it before. Um, And that's very deep. However... I've heard things, of course, that make that cause that to make sense, or, or mean that that makes sense. Because, you know, for example, um, according to the left, you know, Larry Elder is a white supremacist. Um, uh, <laughs> so that's like, that proves what, the point, then, right? Doesn't that prove yeah. the point that it's not about color? It's about the supremacy um, of, a, of of an ideal versus an ideology. Right. You know, the huh. Proud Boys are led by a black man. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Cuba, you know, a, a, a Spanish-speaking, um, you know, black, black man, um, but they're a white supremacist group. Um, the uh, Owens, what, what's her last, what's her first name? Candace Owens? Candace. Candace yeah, we Owens get her on the show. white supremacist. Yeah. So in um, that respect, well, let's ask Pianchi then. So, so in other words, is the left saying that no, quote, person of color uh, uh, saying I despise because I have color, you can see me. But are they talking about the, the non-white persons of color cannot have the same freedom uh, as, or that same freedom of belief? Is that what they're trying to do? Trying to divorce and separate, quote, people of color from the so-called white supremacy of Western European white guys? No, they're trying to make their ideology bigger than what it is because it's diminishing. Okay. That's exactly they're trying to powerful. Yeah, that's what it is. See, blacks, you've had these black activists out here, uh, ideologists, separatists, and so on and so on, mm-hmm. and they group, they like the Maytag man, <laughs> basically. So they are nowhere near right. as big as they would like to be. And they right. and they will die off unless they can indoctrinate more people into that line of thought, which they aren't doing. They're going to die off. Hmm. Well, the hysteria of calling everybody racist and everybody white supremacist and Nazis and everything is is you know at a fever pitch. Um, but but these are really powerful. Um, insights, I think. Um, I will say, as I've alluded to or tried to explain, in my, in my analysis of, you know, of the revolutionary left, um, you know, for, and, and the revolutionary, you know, the left is always revolutionary. It's bitter, it's divisive, it's hateful, 
They hate the way things are. Um, they hate everything. And they want to destroy everything because they think they think the things they're destroying are bad. And somehow, you know, a uh, utopia is going to follow. Excuse me. It's going to follow into place. But anyway, so the revolutionary left has always followed this pattern of trying to, uh, as, as um, Bianchi says, make themselves bigger than they are. They've all, you know, they'll, they've always tried to have this idea of, you know, let's say, uh, you know, um, I, I don't know, you know, trade, you know, pipe fitters for, um, for whatever, you know, for, for communism or something, or pipe, you know, or every group they can think of as if, if you're a pipe fitter, then you have to believe this, you know, um, dentists for, you know, for, you know, whatever. They've always, they've always tried to imply, you know, they have, you know, maybe they have five people um, and they identify them as something. And therefore everybody who is in that group must agree with them. I mean, that's been a tactic. We haven't seen it so much lately, but it's always been a tactic that if you, you know, if you are this, then you agree with us. Um, hmm. So they've always tried to do this. They've always, the other thing I've tried to, to explain at times is the, um, why is it that institutions that we used to respect um, have, you know, have, have become so, so corrupt and so um, politicized? It's because the left gravitates towards any place where there's influence. They always try to infiltrate any, anything, any place where if they get in there, they can infiltrate um, things. You know, it's sort of sort of like an image. It's not a very you know good analogy, but that um, a revolution starts with taking over the radio tower days, you know, the television station. You know, because they they, they want to have that influence. So, um, so I I do believe that. You know, so that this is why, for example, when we say that the schools are corrupt, the courts are corrupt, the FBI is corrupt, it, and I, I try to say this is not an accident. It's like people will say, "Oh yeah, sure, come on." Like, no, it's no accident that these that these institutions have have been infiltrated. It's an, it's part of their strategy for over a hundred years. It's how it's how they do it, and um, so uh, it is. So these, these are very interesting analyses, and I think it, it's consistent with you know with with everything we've seen, and and uh, um, and that I think it's probably the only way to understand what's going on hmm. because they'll call because the thing is when they call people. Um, you know, a white supremacist or different variations. You scratch your head and they go, "What the hell are they talking about?" Um, so, I mean, the only way that makes any sense is the way you describe it. I mean, you want you know, you hope that if they say it enough times, the average person is going to go, "What well, is crazy?" 
Um, you, you people are nuts. Um, and yet they just keep staying in. You know, so I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what anybody else thinks about how, the, you know, members of Congress and hearings and everybody will say it with such certainty, certainties, and you're looking at them like they're, they're absolutely bizarre. So I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, it's uh, they're trying to make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. If they say it enough times, they think people will believe it. Uh, I want to talk about. I got a question well, for you. No, so no, we, hold we, on. But what you're saying? Uh, go ahead. And what okay. you're saying, it starts to right. make more sense. Okay. Well, you know, if people like, would use that like, against, you know, if people would use that against that, when someone says, if someone comes on my show, calls up and says, "You're a white supremacist," I said, "You mean the the supremacy of of freedom, of liberty, of our founding documents." You know, I mean, what are we talking about? The, the white paper it's printed on? What do you mean by a white supremacist? I would challenge them using that, that argument. And let's see where they go with it. Right. I think their certainty goes beyond the idea that if they just, you know, if they just call, you know, uh, water, if they just call an orange or banana and people will fall for it. Yeah. I think there's, you know, I think your explanation makes more sense than that. Well, I got to give credit where credit's due. It came from uh, Dr. Pry, and unfortunately, who's no longer with us. But um, but that's that's he's the one that told me. So I'm just you know passing it on. Pianki, go ahead. I don't want to. I, I got some more. Well, calling you a white supremacist is that supposed to make you feel guilt, then relinquish something? Mm. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, because they call you white supremacist and proud to be one. Yeah. You know these people, the, the people who come up in in this country. In the United States, and our failures for whatever reason, then they think that it was because of something that you done, white people. <laughs> I mean, yeah. think about it. They want you to relinquish what you have to them without the merits being in place. I mean, just think about what they're talking about. Uh, in other areas. And then most importantly, they want to go after your kids. That's the least thing that you can do to fight them off is to mm-hmm. take your kids from their presence and their control. Right. Well, I, I, um, I mean, I, I, I do wonder if, well, of course, this also is, a communist tactic, a revolutionary tactic. And really, it's not just a communist. The, the, the British Empire, from what I understand, is famous about, you know, controlling, you know, a minority of uh, adventurers or eventually occupiers, controlling vast areas of territory and people by pitting them, you know, take, finding old grievances and pitting them against each other. So... Um, like India, you know, but, but I, <laughs> for example. Well, yeah, and and so you know, so I wonder how much the you know they um, um, people in the various. As soon as, the reason I stopped is because when, it's, when you say a minority group, really there's no limit to the ways to divide society, to create to to stoke grievances. So. You know, like what what grievance group are they agitating? And basically everyone they can think of. Um, but well, everybody's a minority wonder, group. 
you know, white men are a minority right. group in this country. There, there are, I don't know what the percentage is, but uh, it's certainly under half, <laughs> way under half. You know, it's probably maybe a quarter of the country might be white guys. Okay, so that's a minority. So how can we oppress people if we're a minority? If three quarters of the population is, is female and non-white, then how can, we be, how can we oppress anybody? We can simply be outvoted. So that, that's a bogus theory. Well, then it becomes systemic. It's like people, and this also is, is communist language, mm-hmm. is, is that um, the populace in question is not self-aware. Hmm. I mean, the, 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 these are, this is communist. Think, and again, communism, I know there are people who are going to say, oh, that's just, you know, people wearing Russian fur, fur hats. No, communism came from Germany and Austria, mm-hmm. from atheistic um, you know, philosophers. Yeah. And it just found a home in Russia and in China, but it is not fundamentally li- limited to any particular part of the planet or any particular group or anything like that. Well, you know what's, you know what's interesting? Because Karl Marx was German. Isn't it interesting that the two greatest wars, World War I and World War II, were fought between Germans who created Karl Marx and authoritarianism and communism and Marxism, and the British, who had Magna Carta and freedom and uh, a constitution and a parliament and all those kind of things, and created uh, the, the British that came here that created our founding documents. How's that for a thought? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Um, I mean, I just thought of it, you know, but uh, the but, stuff pops but, into my head. Yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. But, but what yeah. I'm saying is, is that they, um, mm-hmm. is that the 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 idea of divide the idea of the the problem from their perspective, the conundrum mm-hmm. that the oppressed masses are perfectly content and don't realize how, how oppressed they are. It is one of the, it's one of the conundrums that that communists openly um, debated. And again, I've mentioned before that um, when communism is socialism, you know, first was being debated like that. It had not been discredited by Joseph Stalin or the Purges or things like that. So they have these discussions openly. You know, it's not like they were hushing in secret, you know, in secret someplace. They, you know, you can find these discussions out there in the open. Um, and, um, you know, so, but the thing is, is so they, you know, they would agonize over you know, how is it that the oppressed masses don't realize they're oppressed? And, you know, how do we make <laughs> them self-aware? So now this is and, the argument you know, that I've had all the time because people will say, this is the greatest country, this is the freest country in the world. I said, well, it's nowhere near as free as it could be and should be and was designed to be. Oh, this is the greatest place, man. We got everything. We got hot dogs, we got beer, we got football. What, do you, what more do you want? Oh, I don't know. Freedom, liberty, lower taxes, uh, less regulation, uh, the Constitution as it was written. I don't know. Let's start there. You know, but people, because they don't know. It's like people that say, oh, I, I went to a public school and I turned out fine. I said, well, how do you know? You never went to a private school. You've got no basis of comparison. You don't know what you're talking about. If you haven't read the documents of freedom and how freedom was designed to be, there's no way that you can say this is the freest, greatest country compared to what it should be because you don't know. 
So the masses don't know. So they don't know what freedom is. That's the whole purpose of government school is to, is to completely erase any knowledge of what freedom is. That's what I think. So I wanted to abolish them well, as soon as they closed during COVID. Go ahead. The thing is, is that they do know um, their lives. They do, they do know what, they, what their, their, their eyes see. And they know that, the, that, what, that what the communists mm-hmm. um, are telling them doesn't line up with reality. And, and so, um, you know, so they, 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 they do know that they're unconvinced. Um, and, and it's like even today, and we'll talk a bit, well, I don't know how much time we'll have. We were going to do something else just today. So we, 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 let's we just say, I want, I want to, uh, we got, we got Trump, we got uh, all kinds of things. We've got some transgender crimes and should transgenders own guns, given the, uh, the drug altering effects, but you know, they don't even let mar- medical marijuana use. I mean, there's a bunch of places we can go this morning. I'm going to leave it to you, Jonathan, because we, we've talked to uh, several well, times. I mean, we, I, no, we were going to talk about, I mean, we were going to talk about jury instructions at some point, but that will just have to wait. Do you want to, uh, you want to do that another is, time? I mean, we've got a lot of news. Yes, we'll have to do that another time. So, okay, that's fine. Um, Next week's fine. Yeah. But but actually, so what was I going to say? The, um, uh, how come it? Oh, you forgot. Uh, but Sorry. Even even with um, with things happening now, the issue is um, uh, you know, we're we're seeing. Oh, I mean, if you open your open your eyes and look, mm-hmm. you know it's like. And I hope your audience, if if you, if I, you know, someone says, "Look, the cloud is shaped like a bunny," and you say, "Well, I don't see it." Well, look, it's like this, this, and this. And oh yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. And um, I hope people, you know, wake up in that regard, um, because. Um, the bottom, and, and what I hope everybody sees, and I hope they see it clearly so they can make it out for themselves, is they think you're stupid. They think, you know, they really think we're stupid. Hmm. And, and so, so, and once you, once you, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Um, that, yeah, they really think you're stupid. And, is that what uh, the left always says? So, if you if you disagree with someone on the left, they say, "Well, you're not educated." Is that what the, that's what they're really well, telling you? Is you're think. stupid. It's like, well, you if right. if the if the if the masses are happy with things the way they are, mm-hmm. it can't be that the, that they are making an intelligent choice based on what they see in their lives. It has to be that they that they just don't know how oppressed they are. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I just want to make one quick comment here for what Pianchi was saying in response to the, the white supremacy charge. As a white person, I would not agree because you were saying, well, you should just say, you know, you are a white supremacist. I would not say that because then the leftists would say, ah, see, you agree to it. Great. Now, now, now bow before Black Lives Matter. Ain't going to happen. But uh, as a black person, you could say that, that you're a white supremacist because the, 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 the absurdity of that statement, you could use that as an argument, whereas I would use the argument that I made. You know, if you're talking about the supremacy of freedom over communism, absolutely, I believe in that. You know, without saying white supremacy, I'd say that the the supremacy is this. So I would redefine supremacy, not white. That's how. Well, I would what, is, it. what is it? Supremacy and what is a question? Is it supremacy and in technology inventions, no, innovation, ideology. Ideology, ideology and thought? 
human nature and the human condition. The supremacy of freedom yeah, so, over control, it, of liberty order, over slavery. Go ahead. Yeah, in order, the, the hell with slavery. Africans taught the world slavery, which includes mm-hmm. whites. That's a good, that's a good point. Everybody wants too. to boast. If they want yeah. to boast and boast and celebrate how Africans was the first in civilization compared to the other world, while Africa mm-hmm. was basking in tech, when whites was in caves, well, that means that you had to teach them. Mm-hmm. You had to teach them what you call slavery. Yep. And chronologically, it did happen. So when somebody calls you white supremacy, white supremacy in what? In those areas, unfortunately, that's what history shows. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I mean, the, the Aztecs were an advanced civilization. They had human sacrifice. You know, a bunch of societies did. Uh, Rome was an advanced republic, but they conquered all kinds of people and killed them. You know, mm-hmm. so the, there's a lot to this. Democracy only lasted a little while in Greece because it's a flawed system. It leads directly to tyranny when people can, when the majority gets co-opted uh, into taking away, you know, the, the upper half's income and power. And, my, got, and minority uh, rights get destroyed. Go ahead. Four percent. You know, I hear people talking about saying that the, uh, the states that Donald Trump won are the uh-huh. most crime infested. You're That's right, they are. It's because oh. the blue cities in those right. red states is where the crime exists. And yeah. then when you look at the picture of a crime, it make up about the, the people who make up about 4%, 5% at the most of the population, and they're black males. Yeah. Yeah, if you take certain cities, if you take a, you know, because they say the U.S. has a huge crime rate, death rate, you know, you know, gun assault, murder rate. But if you take out New York, Baltimore, Chicago, uh, New Orleans, Los Angeles, uh, maybe a couple of other cities that are liberal cities, Detroit, you know, you take those cities out, then the crime across America looks really good compared to most of the rest of the world. Anyway, I want to get on to If you take the red state of Missouri, Uh take the red state of Missouri. The crime is in two areas, mainly in St. Louis, and in, in areas in St. Louis were to be North City and North County, yeah. until they started moving over to South County, running whites out, South City. So you got to say these things. I don't understand why people are scared to say what they want to say. Then, then you need, then you need to mm-hmm. put travel warnings out against traveling to these areas because it's dangerous to your life. It's dangerous yeah. to the people that stay there, but surely you, an outsider, it would be dangerous to your life too. Be interesting if you did that, uh, like uh, those counties in St. Louis. You know, uh, you're now entering such and such. You know, dangerous to white people. <laughs> That'd be a fascinating thing to do. Hey, let's. Uh, well, they need to have billboards because the NAACP issued travel warnings to Missouri, saying that you're liable to get killed by a white police officer. They issued a national travel warning. And they just issued a no, and I forget what city. I think it's Florida. Yeah, don't come to Florida because we're all dangerous here. Yeah, right. Hey, uh, this is a great topic. I'd love to, let's take up an hour. I want to sort of maximize Jonathan's time while he's here. Jonathan, do you, do you want to get into the whole Trump thing? And uh, I, my article, when I was saying this earlier, that, uh, that he shouldn't go, that it's a trap, that it should be virtual, if anything, and that uh, Alvin Bragg should be uh, prosecuted for miscon- prosecutorial misconduct, that uh, I had a bunch of things. You know, I even go so far as Ashley Moody should indict Joe Biden for stealing the election. You know, there's so many things that could be done. Boycott New York, block their flights, 
of the National Guard around Mar-a-Lago, have a no-fly zone over Mar-a-Lago for, for uh, New York officials, you know, close down the federal buildings in, in Florida, close down the New York state buildings if there are any, boycott goods from New York, you know, food, wine, cheese, stop all flights from there. I mean, there's so many things we could do and we should do to combat this. I mean, seriously combat it. You know, ship all our illegal aliens to New York. Those are all things that I, that I put into my article. I don't know if you had a chance to read it. But um, how, how could this possibly happen? Uh, this political, uh, it's just nothing but, but politics, and have the prosecutor not be prosecuted under Florida law or even any law, Florida law for that matter, or even Albany, the capital of New York. How this all happen, Jonathan? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, the real the real reason was, you know, how did we get here is because, um, you know, we want to be nice to the leftists. Oh, okay. uh, so, uh, and- my article. <laughs> like I, no, but like I say, the in um, in the last, you know, my mother in, in the in the late 70s, I became aware of how my mother was in Phyllis Schlafly's Eagle Forum, mm-hmm. and you know, to think back at least that far, the fact that pretty much everything that um, that's happening now, mm-hmm. the conservatives were warning people. And everybody's reaction was like, nah, that'll never happen. <laughs> so, um, so it, it, the, the, the reason it, it happened is because nobody, you know, everybody wants to watch sports and, and uh, um, do, you know, watch TV and, and, and do their own thing and not pay any attention to their, to their country. It's like they say it's, uh, Benjamin Franklin told the woman who asked him, um, "We, you know, a republic if you can keep it." And yeah, we're not even. That's, that's kind of falling on us. Yeah, but I, I agree with Pianki's point that conservatives are cowards; that they don't stand up; that there is no countersuit. I mean, the, Ashley Moody should immediately indict Joe Biden for election fraud because obviously the evidence is overwhelming. <laughs> Just the logical fact that uh, a senile old man cannot beat the most popular president uh, in memory uh, while sitting in a basement and, and uh, having rallies that nobody goes to. That just intrinsically doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So where, where's the indictment right. against Alvin Bragg? Where's the counter indictment against him? That's what well, we're doing. Is, the thing is, who would do that? That would, that would have to be, um, uh, I mean, the federal government's not going to do that. No, they don't care. They want they want Trump indicted. But what you, was it you who told me about uh, the powers of the Florida governor that uh, Ron DeSantis did something good, and this will set him up nicely for 2028. Well, the jury's still out on that. But at least if he says I'm not extraditing, I'm not helping New York take Trump out of Florida. Screw you, you know. So and that's the best thing to do. I agree. Trump but don't I have more to go than to Florida. I, I wonder, what are they going to do? Send a bunch of boys to Florida to go get Donald Trump? Yeah, and that's when no, they should be arrested by uh, the Florida State Police. And if necessary, like I say, a no-fly zone and a, and a 10, 10 mile uh, border, uh, a no-pass zone with the Florida National Guard against uh, anybody, uh, any official from New York, ain't gonna happen. You're not gonna do this. Get the hell out of our state. But other than a few like like Jim Jordan, you know, right. the attitude has always. I mean, because conservatism was originally. This this academic faculty lounge, you know, um, discussion, and and so 
and when when and they would they would have newsletters. You know, the, the conservative movement would send newsletters to each other, mm-hmm. and and um, and the, you know and have the occasional dinner, and <laughs> and that's it. And so when when they had this idea, you know, when when younger conservatives came along and wanted to actually do things. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Keep going. I mean the the idea of um, the idea of um, that that's where they they derisively call the neocons, which like you know any time any time an opponent makes a name for their opponent, it's usually inaccurate and meaningless and. Uh, probably, you know, and today I would say the neocons are a bunch of warmongers. But yeah, I was going to say that's, that's the permanent war classes, I call them. And well, that's what the neocons are. But I don't think it was ever out that way. It huh. started out that the neocons were the terms made up by the academic do-nothing conservative. Um because they were horrified that they actually wanted to like win elections and, and actually implement policy. What, you know, isn't the, that how the, the um, is, go ahead. But no, I mean the, 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 the conservative movement originally just wanted to sit in big chairs in the, in the club and, um, you know, smoke pipe and a smoking gun. They smoke cigars, drink brandy like Titanic. Yeah. Was that uh, William F. Buckley Jr. who used to be very well, that would... snooty in his voice? And he would have his academic discussions, but he never actually accomplished anything except that he had, uh, did he do National Review? And that's, I think of like William F. Buckley, you know, in, in his chair, in his gray suit, having very intellectual discussions, but not actually trying to change anything as he used to talk. Yeah, about right. right. No, I think yes, and I think part of that is that they wanted to. Uh, is that part of the point of being conservative is just to is just to say things, you know, just just to hear yourself talk. <laughs> um, and um, so you know, so it's uh, they, that I mean that that. Anyway, yeah. So what if so, you want to be a patriot, so anyway, or, or as I call myself now, an anti-federalist? The more I read the, the anti-federalist papers, the more I, I identify as an anti-federalist, because the Constitution mm-hmm. had some serious flaws the way it was set up. But look what happened today. It had the ability to borrow money. Uh, the federal judiciary have assumed the powers of interpretation and judicial review. You know, there's some really well, horrible I mean, things that have happened. It's been amended. The movement would be perfectly yeah. happy with your opinions as long as you didn't do anything about it. Oh, okay. You know, if you, well, see, but if that's, you try to do something about it, then hor- you know that just isn't done. Yeah, but I, I didn't we, mean this wussy radio. This is this is this is action radio, not 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 wussy radio. <laughs> so that's the difference. Yeah, well, that was. I do want to get that. That was the thing. Hey, do you know what? Like, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. What? Well, I was going to say, do you know who our guest is Thursday? Uh, I just uh, just announced it first thing this morning. Do you, uh, do you know, tell me again. Do you know Ed Dowd? I would rather, do you know Ed Dowd? Um, no. who wrote to, who's been on Tucker Carlson a bunch lately. He's all over the place. He wrote a book, uh, what's it called? Cause Unknown, about all the sudden deaths from uh, vaccines, you know, in 2021, 2022. He's all over the place. So right. th- he's a Wall Street analyst. He's going to be on Thursday. This is going to be a fabulous guest for us because uh, I want to get him tied Babylon. into, beg pardon? You should, you should go to the Babylon Bee where they've got a video of a supposed 
um, Pfizer, <laughs> where they um, they uh, d- they try to debunk in the satire um, these ideas of all this these unknown deaths if they have anything to do with with Pfizer, mm-hmm. and like every Pfizer Pfizer spokesman like falls over. Um, inexplicably in the middle of a sentence and then another one steps in and takes over <laughs> and then another this? one Babylon B in the video oh, section okay. so they'll, they'll, they'll say about three sentences and then fall over on TV, on TV um, and then another one take over so causes unknown I think it is the most amazing concept mm-hmm. um, you know that all that we have have all these things happening unknown and we're you know nobody is paying attention to it anyway in terms of what about in um, terms of well i should say ask question on death certificates i mean what are the legal requirements you know they had all kinds of they were listing death by covid when it wasn't covid it was one of maybe five or six different things you know after Uh diabetes cancer heart disease heart attacks you know uh obesity and they say oh died of covid so they say it's covid death you know it was a comorbidity it's, it's totally, uh-huh. you know, how, what's the legality around death certificates? I'm just curious if, if you have any knowledge doc, in this area. The expert? Oh. If the doctor says, if says he, you know, he died of a flying saucer, he died of a flying saucer. Um, now, there may be um, professional society uh, regulation, you know, for saying, for saying a false thing. But, but, Everybody out, you know, we we grew up in a society that worships the expert. So if the expert says it, then it's true. You know, if he if he died, um, what did they used to say in the old days? If they died of the, oh, I can't think of the term. There's so many old terms that are coming to mind. You know, you know uh-huh. if if um, you know, if they if if the doctor says he died of a broken heart, which is literally impossible. Um, then he died of a broken heart. Um, so um, it, it's uh, it, and the doctor has authority to record, you know, to fill out the death certificate. Um, well, I'm asking because COVID. I've I still have the CDC chart. In fact, I put it in one of my Substack articles that shows that COVID deaths were heading for zero as of mid July 2020. They started in January, peaked April 15th, which is kind of ironic. And then started a 45 degree downslide directly to zero by mid July 2020. And then they start fudging the numbers, and, and they went from deaths to cases. And then they started listing everything as a COVID death, even if it was a motorcycle. You know, and so all these. Right. This is one of the legality of this. And so now they're doing the reverse. They're specifically saying it's not the COVID shot. They're doing the exact opposite. They made everything a COVID death when they wanted to create fear and paranoia. And now that they want people to comply with their bogus. You know, at least they're not mandates as much anymore. Uh, they're, they're not listing anything as a, as, a, as a COVID shot death. Yet we all know if someone keels over at an early age, like Brian Sicknick, you know, the, the Capitol Hill police officer who died January or like January 7th or whatever, natural causes, natural what? A COVID shot and two blood clots at the age of 40? I don't think so. Well, anyway, you're getting, you're, you're, you're always getting me off. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jonathan. Topic here. But, Come back to the topic. Um, so you know the former president of the United States is, is um, um, has been apparently indicted. You know that right. we're, we're told, and um, 
his lawyers would know that he would, they would they would not know what's in it. I think, as I mentioned earlier, with regard to the goofy chairman of the goofy <coughs> uh, foreperson of the um, the grand jury, special grand jury, which is not your normal grand jury. Um, you know, it's it's an investigative. Grand jury, which is what the grand jury started out being in our society. How did they get to be a grand juror? How did they pick people to be on that grand jury? <laughs> the, uh, the, the court, the clerk, um, you know, randomly select, well, supposedly randomly select them from the voter roll. Oh, the grand um, jury is controlled by the circuit court, aren't they? And yeah. the, the special grand jury, I mean, traditionally, in local affairs, King didn't get involved much. And there was, you know, very little in the way of um, uh, local government. And so um, things like the grand jury and the sheriff played an outsized role in um, in, in local government, and grand juries would engage in wide-ranging investigations. They they wouldn't just do what we know that that regular juries do, or even mm. grand juries. They would, you know, they would <clears throat> randomly investigate crimes, and they could investigate anybody, including the local government officials. They were not bound <clears throat> by the limits of what the prosecutors wanted to talk about, you know, and. Um, that's what a special grand jury is. And so the uh, so so anyway, but 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 then the, you'll know that uh, the listeners to your show when I said that the the judge openly discussed um, the contents as being mm-hmm. whether to release them or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and saying, well, he's not been indicted. He's not going to be indicted in Georgia. Because well, there's this, the, tip, the, the norm is that they, they arrest the person first, and then they release the indictment. The indictment is, is under seal, <clears throat> I guess partly on the assumption that uh, not a case like this is fairly you know, stupid, but it's, it is the norm that they, would, um, that, that they don't want the person to run, they don't want person destroy evidence. They don't want other people to be influenced. They don't want witnesses to run. They don't want, you know, witnesses burning, you know, shredding documents. Um, and, and even if they know that there's been an indictment, knowing what it's about would um, affect, you know, may, you know, might affect people's behavior. I, you know, I'm not saying that makes any sense in today's world, but that's, that's the tradition. Um, so um, so here we have the indictment is under seal. Apparently, according to the news and the announcements, President Trump is going to fly to New York and turn himself in, which I agree is dumb. Yeah, and, stupid. Um, but legally, um, why, why is it dumb? So, uh, if you were defending him, what, what would your advice be? Well, for one thing, um, there, there has been some talk Finally, that the that the um, 
lawyer, his lawyer, his quote unquote so-called lawyers are going to um, file a motion to quash. And, you know, I, I would say, why would you turn yourself in and then file a motion to quash? Why not? Why not buy some time and let, <clears throat> you know, file a motion to quash? What's a motion uh, to quash? Outside the st- huh? what, what is that? What's a motion to quash? So we all know. Well, it's a motion to was well, it's sort of a motion to dismiss, but but it's okay. more, you know, and um, it's what it's what the name implies, really, and um, what it would what it would amount to is that the, you know the statute of limitations is is over. Um, and, and it would require them to test that. But before we have him come all the way up here and booked in, you know, your indictment is a piece of junk. So we're, you know, let's, let's talk about that first. Um, the other thing too is, is that I think that if Ron DeSantis were so inclined, as I've said, mm-hmm. the con- you know, people will say that the constitution requires every state to honor the indictments of every other state, but the but the reality, the practice is that the that's only if the state where the person resides is satisfied that the indictment is in order. It's like you know I can't issue a you know I I can't issue a an indictment from the state of denial and expect New York to honor it. Um, yeah. You know, or if I if I forge a document of, of an indictment and New York looked into it and said, well, this is forged. They, they, they're not going to slavishly um, honor something that may not have any validity. So Governor DeSantis, especially in Florida, has tremendous um, authority to question. He has more, I think, more than usual authority to question uh, whether or not the, the indictment is legitimate. He can't just say, I don't feel like honoring it. But right. he can say, let me, sh- let me see those papers. And like, hold it, the statute of limitations has expired. I'm not going to honor that. Yeah, I um, want to get everybody's attention. This is, this is critically important, so let's get the gong. That this in the Constitution, is it the full faith and credit clause that does this? I've also seen something about uh, yeah, governmental it's the, uh, unity. the slave clause. It's runaway slaves. Okay, well, let's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So let's find out exactly. It's the fugitive slave clause, which was uh, done away with, with the 14th Amendment. So, okay, so that actually makes a lot of sense. And, so, 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 and, and, saying, mm-hmm. go ahead, Jonathan. No, yeah. I'm agreeing. So that's why states have to honor. No, I'm, I'm not saying that's the only reason, because because in order for us to be one country, that's true. But yeah, that was part of it. Okay. Good point. So so let's take that. Let's add to it. So where in the Constitution does it say that states have to uh, honor indicts and indictments by other states? Where, oh, is that full faith and credit or where? Where is it? Um, I, <clears throat> I believe it. Yeah. I, um, it, it may well be in there. I'll have to go over and look it up on my computer while we're talking. Okay, that's but, fine. All um, right, well, let's go with what Pianchi's saying. That, uh, but that's not in the Constitution. That's not, that wasn't a constitutional provision. Was it a core provision? Pianchi, where does that come from? Or was it a, was it a law? The fugitive slave clause was in the Constitution, but 
with the advent of the 13th Amendment, which outlawed slavery, and also the 14th Amendment, it's done away. It, the, the Constitution actually had about seven slave clauses, not specifically talking about it, but the actions were directed at them. And okay. with those two amendments, they 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 was overruled. They got away, done away with them, just like the Dred Scott decision. Right. Right now. It says here in Article 4, Section 2, Clause 2, a person charged in any state with treason, felony, or other crime who shall flee from justice and be found in another state shall on demand of the executive authority of the state from which he fled be delivered up to be removed to the state having jurisdiction of the crime. Arguably, if you're just minding your own business, um, that constitutional authority would not apply. But of course, um, you know nobody actually, nobody actually reads the Constitution. We we read we do. what we want. <laughs> we do right. Well, I spent a lot of time actually telling people what's going right there, Jonathan. Yeah. He wasn't found. He was not found guilty. He was not sitting in the court to be found guilty. Then once he found guilty, he up and ran. Donald Trump's been in Florida, right? <clears throat> but the courts don't, you know, the courts don't um, deal with things that way. But um, you know, they they'll, they they don't read the Constitution as it's written. They they deal with things in other ways. So. But that's a separate. That's a that's a whole separate thing. The, the the judiciary, and this is one of the things I want to get to. The judiciary has gone wild. They, they literally make stuff up. There is no judicial review power. They do it. Uh, I, I you know I can see a limited you know on the basis of if they have a case before them. But but the the idea this judge this uh, is it, it's only district attorney right? Just district attorney from Manhattan. Very limited jurisdiction. Can haul in Trump from Florida? That makes no sense. And why is it right. a challenge on, on process and everything else? It's like you can't do this, A, because you don't have the authority, B, because you have a bogus, uh, you know, indictment, C, because your grand jury is biased. You know, I mean, where do these people come from? D, because we're going to charge you with prosecutorial misconduct, and E, we should, uh, as I said, actually Moody should immediately indict uh, or hold a grand jury on uh, whether Brandon is actually president or not, which we know he isn't. So, I mean, there's so many ways to fight this that aren't being done because conservatives, as Pianchi says, are a bunch of cowards. I agree. There's no well, fight. Right. There's no counter. There's no counter suit. There's no counter uh, debate. There's no nothing. Ron, the only thing Ron DeSantis has done is that he's not going to help extradite, but he can do so much more positive than that. See, I've, this is his, this is his test for 2028. This is why I think this is so but important. The, the thing is, is that, that Trump is not Trump is according to reports. Trump is flying to Manhattan in two hours. See, that's crazy. So, so he's Stupid. not giving DeSantis an opportunity. To uh, <clears throat> to do anything? Yeah, and no. He's and, not. And, uh, so his strategy should be, you know, this is this is bogus. This is this is political. This has nothing to do with reality. These aren't even real charges. I said this is all made up, you know, in politics. And I said, and he, what he should say is, I am not going to allow a non-judicial proceeding to go ahead. That is simply uh, a political operation. It's a political mission. That's what he should be saying. And so should every other Republican. Right. Where are they? Mm-hmm. Gutless cowards. But the um, um, <clears throat> the thing is, is if if you waive extradition, then right. there's, then none of this matters. 
if you waive your rights, you know, if you if if somebody uh, if the FBI knocks on your doors and they say, can we look around? And you say, sure. Mm-hmm. Then it doesn't matter if they have a warrant or not. Yeah. Because you let yeah. them in. You know, yes, so, you know, they should so be required have... to say, they should be required to say that. Uh, you know, and if you say yes, that means we don't have to have a warrant. And then people go, oh, well, in that case, no. <laughs> you know, so the, the same thing with this. You know, if Trump goes up there, the, uh, now here's, you like I say, this is going to put him in such a vulnerable position because they're going to take photographs and all kinds of stuff. It's almost like saying that, you know, and I've heard this claim, we well, have to go up there and prove his innocence. First of all, you never have to prove your innocence. They have to prove guilt. Uh, I think they should have be, be forced to prove this is actually a legitimate uh, claim. And they're not being required to do that. People are assuming it's legitimate. Well, well, he made the charge. You know, no person's above the law. You know who's not above the law? Alvin Bragg, district attorney of New York, is not above the law. And I think he's breaking it with this uh, with this indictment, Jonathan. Right. Right. Well, but the thing is, that's what the grand jury is supposed to do. Hmm. Is it all secret? Can we see what they did? Or no? Hello, Jonathan. Am I still on the air? Hello. Anybody home? Piaki, you still there? I can hear you. Okay, good. I can hear you. Okay, good. Just because because Block Talk would just cut me out. Maybe Jonathan cut out. Hopefully, he's still on the line. But uh, but well, let me ask you. Are you there, Jonathan? Okay, good. What? So we you cut I out for a second. The whole time. Oh, okay. I don't know why. But yeah, the thing is, is that mm-hmm. is that um, <clears throat> is that you know, for example, the grand jury. I, I, and this is this might be some legislation you should consider. Mm-hmm. It is that the grand jury should be required to. Uh, be notified. I think they have a right to call their own witnesses. They have they have the right to do their own investigation, um, including as to the law. Like for example, if the if if the juries, you know, if the if the prosecutor says that um, spending money for something that tangentially benefits your election, that's a, that's a, a campaign finance violation. When everybody does anything says no it's not um you know the the grand jury uh has the power to to call whomever they need to call to say no wait a minute is this actually a crime and and the person says no it's not um you know so but right now they just take the prosecutor's word for it and like i've seen grand jury documents where um where um, one of the – well, at least we don't know if it's the same one, but the way they talk, it sounds like it's the same one. He's asking very uncomfortable questions, and he, like, he gets it. So he keeps, he's asking them, well, what about – you know, wait, you, they were the, the, the Oath Keepers were there on January 6th to, um, to pursue their um, – you know, to, to do security. Mm-hmm. And he starts out with saying, like, what's that, what's that badge around his neck? You're telling me these people are here to do an insurrection, but they've been given a badge <laughs> for their, uh, you know, so how, how is it that, uh, you know, why is it that they have a badge 
um, if they're, um, you know, if they're, if they're not, if they're not there officially. And so they go through all this stuff and you can watch step by step. You can watch the uh, prosecutor lying to them, you know, leading them away from the, I mean, they, they clearly know what's up and they know that it's bogus and they're zeroing in on what's bogus about the indictment. And you can see the prosecutor deceiving them. And, uh, you know, so that, but, but the, part of the point is being that was one, one grand juror who, who, who was willing to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And they, they can do that. But, but typically what happens is the grand jury just sits there and listens and, and they do whatever the, um, whatever the prosecutor asks them to do. Yeah, this is like this is why I think our jury instruction show is going to be so important this week. No, because there's too much happening with Trump. But the whole idea: not only do do juries uh, should not be instructed by judges, they should actually instruct the judges. I believe now that I don't know if we want to make it a separate bill or make it a part of it. But the grand juries, and I just wrote down here, Bill of Rights, Powers, and Options. You know that the grand juries need to be instructed. You know, officially in a, in, a, in a statement everybody knows about. You know, just like a, like a Miranda thing for the juries, that they have the right to uh, judge the laws and the fact of the case and nullify the case based on unjust laws or unconstitutional laws if that's what they find. And that's basically what my jury instruction bill says. But the same thing here, well, grand juries. I think that's a very good way to describe it because everybody knows Miranda so well. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not literally the same thing, but, it, you know, if you could say, you know, like, like a Miranda notice, that's actually Grand a bill. It's, it's called a Miranda that's, notice. That's you know, yeah, yeah. But that's the, but shouldn't the grand jury have the same thing? Now the, the question is, do we do it in a separate bill or do we include it in that one? I'd probably do a separate one. But shouldn't shouldn't people going into a grand jury know? It's like a, you know, if I was on a jury, I've been thrown off juries uh, for telling the judge that I was going to follow the Constitution and I, and I was going to judge the laws. That's my ability as a juror. Well, why do you have the ability to do that? You know, he says, you're going to make up laws as you go along. I said, because I represent the people and you represent the government. That's why. Yeah, but, but, that's, but that's pretty <laughs> what. See, see, here's where everything is phony. Everything is a scam. Uh-huh. Because the grand jury and the trial jury, that's their purpose, is to stand between the judge and the system and the defendant. Their, mm-hmm. their purpose is to be a gut check saying, hold on a second, no, we're, we're not buying that. Um, and so if they say, you know, the jury is going to make up the law, uh, yeah, that's why we have juries. Yeah. You know, why do you think we have juries? Um, and so, um, you know, to say, hold on it, hold on a minute, that doesn't sound right. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not buying that. That's what the jury is for. And um, <laughs> so, um, you know, they need to be instructed in that, and it, and it needs to be in a, it needs to be in the statute, not in the mm-hmm. rules, not in the discretion of the judge, right. not a suggestion. It has to be part. It has to be a statute that says, you know, if the, the jury shall be instructed, blah blah blah, and if they're not, uh, the indictment is thrown out. Yeah, I'm trying to pull that up now, but that's, uh, I like the idea of the indictment being thrown out. And my computer seems busy running the show, so it's having a little trouble pulling it up. Oh, no, here we go. Let me see if I can get this real quick. 
so for those that want to know, I'm going to writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, clicking on legislation, clicking on all proposed laws, and this one's going to be the instructions for jurors, which I think I wrote it a couple of years ago. So this one's, this one's going to be back a little bit. I need an index for these. Let's go back, but it's just a second to find it here. Pianga, do you have a comment on this while I'm looking real quick? Well, well, let me say that, you know, because part of the problem is, part of the issue Uh is, is that the grand jury can walk out of the, you know, can walk out of the grand jury process and be released because the grand jury sits for a period of time, not just for one case. And they release and then they look at the meeting and go, oh my God, they lied to me. You know, I voted, you know, I voted to indict based on what, on the narrow lens of what the prosecutor told me, and the prosecutor lied to us. Mm-hmm. So um, that's part of what we're dealing with. That the jury and prosecutors can lie. You know, of all the laws that we live under, only 4% are voted on by Congress. The other 96% come from these bureaucrats. And courts are doing today what they were never designed to do, according to Madison and Hamilton. That stuff needs to be taught, needs to be straightened out. Yeah, there are laws that are passed on the suspension calendar, which means that nobody opposes it. And then there are these massive, you know, omnibus bills that have, you know, Christmas trees, as they say, they have all kinds of of things in, on them that have nothing to do with, you know, for example, when they passed the We Love Puppies Act of 2023, and then, and then you read it, and there's a thousand things that have absolutely nothing to do with loving puppies. It, you know, it's all about, you know, by the way, we can suspend the Constitution where we want, and, you know, it's illegal for you to criticize the government because puppies might feel bad about it. Um, <laughs> We got, so, we got Dorothy in the line. We're gonna to have to uh, sum up here in a bit, uh, but so so go ahead, Jonathan. Then I want to briefly describe our, okay. the bill that I have here. Yeah, no, it's a good point. You know, and, and in fact, this is procedurally, this is what we need to do. This is nuts and bolts, wonky stuff that people don't want to get into. That is that is so critical that a regulation should not become a regulation unless con- Congress votes affirmatively for it. Anyway, so the well, regulations, um, regulations, yes, but. But even most of the things that are passed by Congress, right. you know, the members of Congress never read. Well, that's another problem. <clears throat> anyway, let me just do this real quickly here. So the bill we're talking about is all juries before deliberating will receive a Miranda-type mandated instruction from all judges. And it says, uh, and here's the instruction. You have the right to judge the laws as well as the facts of the case. And if you find the laws unjust or unconstitutional, you have the right power and duty to nullify the law or laws and can acquit or find not guilty on that basis alone. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Yeah. And to that, to that, I would add, you have Uh the right to ask questions of any witness brought before you or of your own witnesses that you decide to call on your own. You have, you know, you have the right to, uh, to investigate any aspect 
Okay. Um, do you um, want me to do because I can, I can put that in. Do you want me to adapt that for grand juries or just all? Should this be all juries? Just to include grand juries. It really applies to all juries. Okay. But nobody nobody wants to tell them. Uh, you know, if, it, if the I jury, I mean, if yeah. the jury, I mean, traditionally at law, but not traditionally in the last hundred, you know, two hundred years in our in our country, and but but right. traditionally, if the jury wanted to ask the witness questions. They could ask their own questions. Now they might, you know, the judge might say, "Okay, you need to submit them to me. I don't want chaos." But 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 they would they would submit questions um, to the judge. And the judge would maybe put them in. Of course, you, that's really dangerous. But you know, if five people ask the same question, he's only going to ask it once. That kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> but they have a right to ask their own questions of the witness, and if they think that they need to call. You know, for example, if somebody says, well, you know, the Capitol is not open to the public. And a D.C. jury says, uh, that's odd because I've been there. Um, my my school children, when I was telling you, I said, I'd like to call someone on that and and verify if that's true or not. Yeah. Let me, um, uh, let me, let me just hold you up because I really want to get to Dorothy uh, for this hour. What I want to do is talk to you off the air and I'm going to write something up. And I think, I think, no, this is huge. Jonathan. This is really important. I just, I just can't do it at this particular moment. So what I want to do is, is write up a, okay. uh, extend the jury instructions to include sources, the constitution, ability to look up laws, ability to call experts, ability to call witnesses, ability to know all their rights, powers, and options, and just actually add that to those instructions, which I think will make it a much better bill. So let me leave it at that. Uh, any contact or any, any news or anything real quick, and then uh, I want to get to Dorothy. But, uh, gentlemen, thank you. Great discussion. All right. Jonathan? Oh, just <clears throat> one of the controversies is whether the judge is going to issue a gag order to a man who's in the middle of a campaign for president. <laughs> that would be, no, I mean, he might, <clears throat> he Oh, that's hysterical. Oh, that's funny. Uh, just stop right there. Just that's perfect. Just end it there. Let me get to Dorothy, and uh, and away we go. Right. This, is, this is our Talk our big change okay. of the week. Yeah. Thanks, Jonathan. That's hysterical. I love that. Sex. Everybody talks about it. Some of you are even doing it. But are you really talking to the person you are doing it with? It all comes down to communication. That's where Dorothy Diana comes in. Dorothy is a sexual health nurse educator. She has studied hypnotherapy, Reiki, and many other disciplines. And what is sex without sensuality? Something has to light your afterburner. Join us now for a sometimes very frank and occasionally quite descriptive conversation of sex and sensuality with Dorothy Diana. You know, we really have to do uh, some hours on the sex of politics and the politics of sex. We have to we have to cross this bridge that we uh, that we, we we jump you know over the course of uh, of my my intro into into your segment here. But uh, yeah, so much going on. So do you think <laughs> wouldn't it be hysterical if this judge tried to say, well, you put a gag order on on President Trump in the middle of his campaign? That would be friggin' hysterical. That would you know. <laughs> How does that hit you? I'm just curious. Then we can get on. It's a movie. It's just like a, it's just a movie. I'm not sure how much I even believe, or how much is crafted, and how much is actually really happening. So okay. I don't know. Right. Sounds like a movie to me, doesn't it? 
<laughs> uh, well, we're definitely through the, I call this through, through the looking glass politics. In other words, all, everything's mm-hmm. backwards. You know, the wrong person's in the White House. Uh, the wrong laws mm-hmm. are being put out there. The wrong policies are there. The wrong executive orders. Uh, everything's being done to hurt us. Our energy's being curtailed. Our freedom is gone. Our taxes are up. Inflation's up. The value of our money is down. Uh, everything is backwards to what it should be. We're being flooded with illegals instead of kicking them out. You know, we're, well, we're spending you billions. Know what? Whenever, you know, whenever we Not talk about political. wrong and should mm-hmm. whenever we talk about wrong and should be, I always think my, my, my initial go-to is, or maybe that's exactly how it should be because you know we were all pretty ignorant a lot of us of the workings of the world prior to the pandemic and Mm -hmm. so many of us from different perspectives whether it was um, our passion for good education for kids or 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 honest informed consent health care that truly gets people well or um, medical freedom or you know um, civil civil rights when you know, the, well, I don't want to get into the politics of what happened during the pandemic too much right now, but I think mm-hmm. you know, when we say wrong and should, a lot of these things that are so uncomfortable help wake more people up and actually have an end result <clears throat> that's quite beautiful. So, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't keep up too much with politics. What's happening right now, I'm, I'm not in agreement with, but I feel strongly it's going to be alchemized. Many people are coming together on things now. Oh, yeah, they've, they've united mm. the resistance and they've uh, destroyed the compliant. <laughs> it's just to put it bluntly. But uh, this is a fascinating time. Yeah. And nothing is ever, mm-hmm. you know, as uh, Dickens was right, it's the best of times, it's the worst of times. You know, it, mm. it's the best of times in terms of technology and awareness and, and capability and things we can do. And it's the worst of times in terms of political oppression and absolute lawlessness and everything else. It's, it's quite a fascinating time. Mm-hmm. And we anyway. all still have choices. And we all still to this day have choices. There's still land available to be bought, still other people we can have co-housing communities with and learn to grow our food. The, the, the information out there available for those who want to make a real change is huge. And that's still true. We're not, we're not yet in a fully communist society. And, and, and this is a great time for everyone to rediscover what it means for them to be human in, in this now moment. So I think it's very exciting. Right. A lot of choices. Interesting. Still. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get on to what you want to talk about and uh, <laughs> think of it in terms of our choices and our power. I mean, this is, that is a metaphor. I mean, like I said, we'll cross it a little bit. I don't want to get too much uh, away from topic because I spend the whole rest of my week talking about that other stuff. Uh, this is why well, I like this. Today hour. we're talking, we're going we're gonna to continue last week's topic, okay. uh, which, which we were talking about keeping things spicy, keeping sexual tension in relationships, creating and keeping it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, sexual tension or intimacy tension, just the excitement of being with with another human and keeping that butterflies feeling if possible. And I had a male friend ask me many months ago and this stuck in my head. Do you think that's even possible at our age? Those butterflies. What? And I immediately like I huh? immediately kind of freaked out. And I said, of course it is. Are you kidding? It yes, better be. It's not only possible, it's necessary. Let's, you know, so can we, can we tell what age we're talking about here? Just out of curiosity. Oh, he was, he's late forties. Late forties. He's a baby. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I mean, there's I'm, right. I'm, I'm almost <laughs> mid sixties. Right. And I get butterflies and I get excitement. And if I, if I get a crush on somebody, it's going to be every bit as big as it was when I was like, what? 15. <laughs> I don't, right. and I don't so see how do you any difference. So the um, because I'm alive. of a relationship. The I'm typical alive, trajectory I'm... of a relationship is right. those butterflies. Typical tra- trajectory is 
of a healthy relationship, and again, this mm-hmm. is a broad sweep here, so bear with me, um, you know, is, is the butterflies, the, the getting to know the physical attraction, which for a man is essential, for the masculine energy is essential, right? The physical mm-hmm. attraction. And, um, and, and for the woman, it tends to be feeling, feeling safe and secure, feeling there's some romance, feeling he desires her. Yes. And those butterflies are happening in the first few months. And then they, they start to morph for, for both members of the couple a little bit differently. They start to change. And, and generally for a healthy man, uh, he, he may start to what the woman considers. And again, whenever I say woman and man, I'm being inclusive. So just bear with me. But the, the feminine. Well, you think I jump on you start... every time you do this? Probably. But... No, I just for your listeners, <laughs> I want to acknowledge that, that it's not it's masculine energy and feminine energy, however that right. presents. So the masculine energy will start to sometimes frequently, especially if they're healthy, begin to sort of go into their logical state as the, as the relationship continues and begin mm-hmm. to evaluate whether this is, um, whether this is just truly good for the long term, whether this makes sense, whether he can provide for her, whether he can make her happy, whether they're compatible. And that begins to maybe look like a pull away a little bit. And the feminine energy, um, if she's healthy, can breathe and ebb and flow with this and trust his leadership. And again, most relationships fall outside of that typically healthy. There's a lot of um, sometimes drama that can occur when these changes happen. But if the relationship makes it to the, the long-term committed stage and we want to keep things spicy, it's, it's, it's exclusivity long-term or marriage, um, I think most people want to still have those feelings of excitement and attraction about their partner um, because regular life comes in and it can be monotonous and it can be boring and it can be, you know, very demanding. So, so to be able to have those things in place that make your intimate relationship really special and a safe place and a fun place and like a wonderful harbor we can relax and enjoy each other in is, is quite lovely. So in marriage or long-term relationships, uh, basically three components uh, the level of intimacy, which means mm-hmm. emotional closeness, closeness, uh, the communication between the couple, and uh, the ability to manage conflicts as they come up, um, kind of the feeling that nobody knows you better, uh, this, somebody, this person has your back no matter what. Um, so intimacy, that's, that's how I'm defining intimacy. And okay. the second component is, is a feeling of thrill or excitement, attraction. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, excited to see the person when they reunite, feeling like they're in love. And uh, there's some things that can contribute to keeping this in place also. And then the third component is um, of keeping things spicy in the long term is the level of sensuality that's being provided, um, whether that's erotic erotic sensuality, uh, physical touch and cuddling, that oxytocin dopamine exchange, that energy connection um, that happens when you get physical with somebody else, skin-on-skin contact, um, and, and sex, uh, the amount of sex, the um, amount that each couple, each member of the couple feels fulfilled during the sex and feels like they're getting their needs met. And that it's not just the same old, same old every time, that there's a little bit of variety introduced, especially for the masculine energy. Um, and that sex can be everything from, you know, kissing goodnight to holding hands to 
fondling to, you know, up against the wall. Blacking out. Different rooms. (laughs) Backseat of the car, even if you don't have to. Oh, yeah, okay. Swimming pools. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) So those three components, intimacy, intimacy, thrill, and sensuality, and happy to break those down further. Um, and how, how do we, how do we keep, keep that? And there's some, there's some kind of basic, basic tenets in place on those. Um, did you have any questions before I, Oh, I always have questions. I just, <laughs> I sometimes I, I jump in too fast in the conversation, <clears throat> but uh, I was thinking as we're talking here that I don't think guys, and I could be wrong, but some of mm-hmm. your experiences that guys who are attracted to a woman never really lose that. They might lose, mm. uh, they could lose interest in, in doing activities. They could, uh, they think that, you know, if that person, like, especially in a bad relationship, there's a betrayal that goes on. But really down mm-hmm. deep at a physical level, guys, once they're attracted to a woman, are, are probably always going to be. Unless mm. something, you mm. know, uh, and I think that's something, that I don't, but I don't think women are, are the same way at all. I think women are completely different. You're correct. In that, I, yeah, I agree in with words, you. I agree with you. Yeah. Generally speaking, I agree with you. You're correct. Generally speaking, now, Let's, gonna, let's be honest, uh, you know, and at, at the risk of offending anyone, I'm just going to say it, uh, men are very visual. And if you mm-hmm. come into the relationship, you know, with a certain weight, a certain hairstyle, a certain level of keeping yourself up, and you let that go, which women will do. Not, you know, it's, um, a lot of women will do that when they're comfortable in a relationship, you know, especially if they saw their feminine role model do it. Yes. So we, we, we tend to emulate what we saw our mom or, or aunties do. Yeah, and then dad um, discovered bowling and he discovered his favorite TV chair. So that's not necessarily yeah, a good thing. And his beer and ooh and all that. Yeah, so, exactly. So yeah. I'm going to say this. Smell good, look good, feel good. Smell mm-hmm. good, look good, feel good. Exercise regularly, something that you enjoy. Keep your, keep your body generally in a great shape uh, so you can avoid cancer, diabetes, long-term chronic illness. And also you can, you can be attractive to your partner. And once a woman has a few babies, the body does change and changes permanently. However, mm-hmm. um, when a man's in love, he tends to only see her beauty. Uh, you know, there's a lot he'll forgive. Um, and I think it's but just a, a balance. But it's just acceptance because guys know that mm-hmm. women's bodies change after kids. And look, yeah, you know, yeah, your wife's body has changed, but look, you got kids. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't have it without the wife. You know, so I think that, 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 that any guy that's, that's looking at this, but I think it's women that totally let themselves go, that purposely become unattractive care. to mm-hmm. their husbands and don't care and think, I'm married, you're stuck with me, this is the way it goes, you can't afford to divorce me. That's a turnoff. But still way and down deep to think, you know what, if they were nice and changed, they might be still attractive somehow. So there's still well, that, there's always that's that. Reflective. Yeah. Yeah, that's reflective of a low self-esteem. That's reflective of okay. that's not reflective of a healthy female. So there's other things going on if she's done that, in my opinion. There's yeah. there's other problems in place. So mm-hmm. I don't again to delve too deeply into any, but uh, there's times that if there's been a little hints of infidelity, she might mm-hmm. do that, or um, too much pressure with the kids, little kids, and not enough support and overwhelm. Um, you know, so but generally to keep this. Um, Sexual attraction for the masculine energy, smelling good, looking mm-hmm. good, feeling good, right? So taking showers. Yeah. Right I think we guys are pretty easy to please. I don't think it, it takes a lot of effort, especially, like I say, because recognizing changes, recognizing age, recognizing weight and things like that, you know, especially you, you might encourage your partner or wife person to, uh, to exercise together. You know, go for a bike ride. You know, go climb a mountain. I mean, there's so many things to do. I mean, the uh, wonderful if you view it as a partnership. 
Go ahead. This burly thing where you attach to the bikes, you can put your baby, your babies in those, uh, you know, those bike oh, yeah. carrier burly things. So, you know, even if both couples are working, strap on, maybe strap on the burly and go to the farmer's market, um, take the kids up a hill, you know. We used to do that. I would have one on one in the car seat or the bicycle seat on the back of my bike, usually the biggest one, which is mm-hmm. a lot of weight going up a hill. And uh, my partner would have the burly with either one or one or two, depending on how many kids we had at the time. And that's mm-hmm. a workout. But, I, you know, again, there's something for everybody agreed. And uh, there's always time to um, take care, take care of your body. And there's sometimes arguments. Oh, that's that's elitism. That's privilege to say that. No. No, there's always time to take care of your body. There's always time to park in the furthest parking spot and walk into work, to, you know. But um, <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you. No, question. really. Oh. Why you no, no, park I, far I, away? My kids would say, "Why are we parking so far away, Mom?" And I'd say, "Because we're not obese or handicapped. This is what we do." No, that makes sense. Oh, I, that's, I, yeah. And I, I took my daughter everywhere, you know. And I was uh, it, it after uh, you know my separation, divorce. I became a weekend dad, but I always had her butt moving somewhere. We're always going places. Mm. I said, we're not sitting still. We're not doing this. The whole world this is beautiful of living in San Francisco back before. The whole totally, world. You know, collapsed. The more you see and learn, the ah. more expanded you get. Take her everywhere. We had a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. You but can't hide intimacy. from the world living in, Los a- living in San Francisco. You can't, you can't no. hide from much in San Francisco. We used to talk about that. It said we, we, you know, we can travel the world or we can walk around the neighborhoods of San Francisco. It's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> you really, uh, That's it was right. Perfect. And especially now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So intimacy, um, Mm -hmm. allowing the other person to be truly themselves, not trying to change them. This is really important. Um, They say men go into um, men go into uh, relationships hoping she doesn't change and women go in hoping she can change him. And that's a generalization. Yet there's a lot of funny truth to that. So women also a prescription for disaster. You know, I, yeah. I, had a, I had a girlfriend say to me once, she says, you know, I've been with you, you know, ex, I forgot how too much time it was. She said, I've been with you all this time. And she said, you haven't changed a bit. And I said, thank you. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a true story, that's by the right. way. That's right. Yeah. It's like, you yeah, haven't changed well, a bit. Women... I'm like, well, why did you want me to, if, why would you want to be with somebody you want to change? See, this is where well, intimacy, so women... this is a turnoff yeah. for guys. Huge turnoff. Why would you want to change me? If you don't like me as I am, okay. let's, don't let's go out with that. me. Let's address that. Go ahead. Let's address Please. that. So women enjoy being therapists. We do it for each other all the time. And there's a few mm-hmm. things going on here. One, if you're someone else's therapist, you can ignore your own problems. <laughs> you can ignore your <laughs> that, own, that's, right? That's very interesting. So that's yeah, one. Okay. That's one reason. Uh-huh. Another right. reason is the caregiver energy truly does want to help. But what helping really looks like versus what we think it is is two very different things. So helping someone else from a place of true love, compassion, and connection really mm-hmm. looks like listening feeling out what they want, what are their actual goals for themselves, what stage are they in of, of, of self-improvement, are they really just needing a place to talk, are they looking for strategies, are they looking for advice, and not jumping in with what you think they need to hear, but just being there, loving them for who they are right now, um, you know, and, and, and being supportive if and when they want to change and being excited for them. And, you know, so... You know, right, women, women do love these projects, taking, you know, dating a man and then discovering the wrong things about him and, and trying to help him change. Well, what if she's That's discovering really the wrong selfish. things about really... her? Wait a minute. So, mm-hmm. so, so this, is, this is a huge point with me, all right? Because if, yeah. if she discovers the wrong things about him, then she's looking at everything from her point of view as if she's right and Correct. he's wrong. And this is what I think happens. Yeah. This, is, this is a huge flaw 
that I think needs to be addressed, that if women would not necessarily look at the guy and see his flaws, but maybe disagreements are things that she might not agree with. And let's settle this early. Let's get back to our relationship well, contract. Okay, so, you know. Greg, uh-huh. also, this Dorothy? is why you date for a long time. Yeah, well, you're right, and I'm agreeing with you. This is why you date for a long time, though. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and you, like, you don't go in trying to change the person. You go in watching and waiting and listening mm-hmm. and then deciding if that's, if that's for you or it's not for you, right? And mm-hmm. because they're not going to change. In fact, generally, tell me if you agree, Greg, in, in marriages it tends to get more. Whatever is going on wrong or the problems, they, people tend to get a little more lazy, well, a little Especially more. they get resistant. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. If, if a woman's attracted mm-hmm. to a man, and there's certain things mm-hmm. that she loves about him. Why would those things not be? Why would she want to change that? See, to me, it's well, a contradiction. She's not I don't get the it. things she loves. She, so oh. she, the, the things she loves right away, she's noticing, and then as the relationship continues, she's noticing uh-huh. the things she doesn't love more and more. Um, yeah, but that's you know, and but that's you got to accept those. Mm-hmm. That's part and, of the and I don't, I don't want to keep saying she. I want to say they because it, men do it also. It's not just women that do this. Although it tends to be the feminine energy that um, will begin to sometimes look inside and whatever I've never heard a guy I've never heard a guy Mm. say my girlfriend's great and once I change her she's going to be even better I've never they're not going to say those and I've never heard a woman say that but it's 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 little things really a man might say you know yeah maybe you should wear there are many men that will you know once they're in relationship try to get her to dress a little sexier or do this with her hair or that, that does exist, but I think it's more the feminine energy, but I don't want to stay on that too long. So allowing the person to be themselves, not, not trying to change them uh, just uh, moving closer to the relationship or further away. If it's not meeting your needs. Right. And everyone's welcome to say, you know, this is something that I think I need or that, or that's for me personally missing. I just want you to know, and then maybe give them a chance. Most people won't change, but you know, Okay, mm. love languages. But, I love the love languages. I want to make one more yeah. point before you get away from this, just because I think it's critical, because mm-hmm. we talked about when women feel safe to be intimate. We haven't talked about when guys feel safe to be intimate. And I think that there's a lot. Okay. I think one of the things that you just talked about is huge, the idea of yeah. if she changes him, he'll be fine. One of the ways that guys, I think, shrink from intimacy is thinking that they're not going to be approved of. And the quickest way for guys to be approved of. I 100% agreed. Feeling like, no, I agree. I agree with you. Feeling okay, like. go ahead who they come to the table as isn't good enough, mm-hmm. who they come to the table so that she's not actually wanting an intimacy with him. She's wanting intimacy with this idea of him just to have oh. closeness with somebody. So, so yeah, I agree with you. And, and, and okay. I'm, I feel like this conversation today is actually uh, both genders. I'm not talking about one or the other more than, more than, so, so the other person needs to feel that they can be themselves. That being said, I, I believe in the love languages. I know not everyone thinks they're legit. So far from everything I've seen, they not be legit? are. They make sense. Well, some people say, oh, they're just, you know, because some people don't want to try. Some people don't oh, want to okay. do the work. Some people want to just think if they just show up whoever they are, that that should be enough. And yes, on some level, but why wouldn't you do everything you can to make the person you love feel happy? If I know that taking long walks makes you happy because it's um, quality time. If I know that working on a project together makes you feel close, if I know that, um, you know, flowers or a little gift here and there doesn't have to be expensive, really makes you feel loved, why wouldn't I do it? I absolutely would. So love languages are simple. They're easy to fulfill. And when they really make the person feel loved, um, I say, why not? They're going to fill that bucket 
And that bucket mm-hmm. leads to more intimacy and people feeling good. So I advise people look at the love languages, the five love languages, take the free online quiz, identify which one is you, which <laughs> one's your partner, and, and just do it. And, and make yourself a commitment weekly or daily to check those boxes off, you know, whatever your partner says. It's going to yeah. have massive rewards, massive for both people. I think okay. Good it's, list. It's, mm-hmm. I was going to say, speaking from guy perspective again, I know this applies. There are both men and women who, cate- who categorize as both of the things we talked about. But since I'm a guy, I tend to speak from a guy perspective. You speak from a woman perspective. That makes only sense. But I think that the guys, you know, the whole idea of working in a relationship, we need to sort of talk about that for a minute. Because mm-hmm. guys work at work. Guys work at all kinds mm-hmm, of things. Mm-hmm. The last thing they want to do is think of their relationships as work. It's supposed to be, that's mm-hmm. supposed to be the relief. That's supposed to be the fun time. That's supposed to be the sanctuary from the world. That's supposed mm-hmm. to be the place you can tell your partner everything. Yeah, today really sucks. You know, because women want that too. I mean, this is probably one of the things that does cross over. But it's not so much that I think men and women are that different. I think that, that, that mm-hmm. men a lot of times, the needs and opinions and ideas and securities have been neglected and that it's always looked at from a woman's point of view. She needs this, she needs that. If there's a problem, you know, he's the cause. You know, if, if a man hits a woman, he's violent. If a woman hits a man, then he's a jerk. You know, it's, okay, it's that let's kind not of get thing. off. Let's not, I, under, I understand what you're saying. Right. So love languages meets both people's needs. Love languages, when you identify no matter what energy someone's in, when you identify their love languages, that meets uh-huh. a need. And if I consider it work to tell you that, wow, your muscles are so big, I, they're so sexy, or if I consider it work to pick up a beautiful leaf off the sidewalk that's your favorite color and say, oh, I saw this, it reminded me of you, or, I mean, I'm just giving random examples, or I'm no, you know, at the grocery store, and I, 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 I see the like beef that turkey that you, you know, like. I love picking up leaves and colorful things. Well, whatever, I, whatever it is, that's, yeah. a gift, that's a gift love language. Or if I go to the mm-hmm. grocery store for my regular shopping, and I see beef jerky, and I see an amazing flavor, and I know you love that, why would I not grab it for you? So I don't consider this work, and I feel like when you really love someone, it's not work. So we can change the word work for intention, attentiveness, okay. um, no, consciousness, whatever we want to, yeah, however yeah. we want to say it, it's, it's being intentional about a love connection where you're giving love and, and you're showing love and you're open hearted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So space for the other person's differences. We talked about that a little bit and I, on the notion of space and, and the masculine energy, I do want to throw out that, um, Intimacy for the masculine energy uh, can sometimes look like uh, space, sometimes needs some space, right, without, without the woman feeling completely neglected and if he doesn't text her all day or if, um, if he just seems to be, like, needing a little bit of space for himself, sometimes that is how he regenerates or re, um, reinvigorates himself and, mm-hmm. and, and, and peace, pieces out a little bit so then he can come back to the table with uh with everything um that she needs so so i think the topic of space is important for intimacy when it comes to masculine energy did you want to talk on that always <laughs> I, mm. I, I, come back to my, I, I always come back to my basic contention that that uh women feel free when they're secure and men feel secure when they're free so in other words oh, not like that, that man wants mm-hmm. It seems to work. Yeah. Not that men want to sleep around yeah. and have multiple relationships. I mean, some guys do because they're pigs. But, I mean, the, the guy that wants to be in a relationship needs to feel free within that relationship. And the freedom, in other words, freedom to take a space. The freedom to maybe not talk. The freedom to uh, yeah. hang out with the guys. You know, the freedom to do things. 100%. doesn't mean they want to leave the relationship. and doesn't mean that the woman is any less valuable. In fact, they're probably more valuable because of the freedom. But you cannot take guys who are free creatures by nature 
and suddenly put a relationship that takes away that freedom. See, I believe a relationship should give you more freedom. You've got a person you can do wonderful stuff with. You can travel, oh, you can have fun, you can talk about everything. But there's a freedom, yeah, and I, I don't think rec- that, that, that freedom that guys need, not the freedom to leave the relationship or abuse it, but just the freedom within it, within that framework. I, think, I don't think that gets talked about enough. Well, I think that that's hugely important, and I think you're 100% right. And what does that look like and what needs is that meeting for the masculine energy is a great deep dive topic. I think your listeners might want to explore on their own. Um, okay. Why would you, why would you, yes, why, why does the masculine energy need freedom and space and why it's so beneficial for the feminine energy to give that and how it will reap rewards in the long run if she gives that willingly. Again, within the boundaries of the relationship, you know, if mm-hmm. we have an agreement, you know, it's, I, I feel like it's a little unfair to have a regular consistent type of connection and suddenly drop it. And I think it's, it would be kind uh, to have a conversation, you know, um, I, I'm going to give an example from something in my life. I have a very um, close guy friend who suddenly got very busy at work after a few months in an intimate relationship where he was very, very available physically um, a lot of the time. And he, he was able to communicate that quite effectively and often to his feminine energy partner that heads up, <laughs> I'm not going to be as available. And uh, that was a little shocking and disconcerting for her. And if there's some insecurities present, she may not be able to hear that right away. She may, she may still be interpreting it in her own in her own heart. And that's when doing, doing your work comes into play. But um, I love that communication. I feel like that was a very honoring thing to do. It gave her many heads up that this is going to be happening yet. And, and doesn't mean you want to see her any less yeah. and had circumstances been mm-hmm. different. He, you know, they probably would have the same level of physical activity, but I always think back to, uh, I remember uh, Wilbur Wright um, who invented the airplane uh, with Orville. Uh, Wilbur did most of the work and asked about, uh, you're not married. How come? He says, I don't have time for a wife. I'm thinking to myself, how yeah. many, you know, how many inventions and how many things uh, wouldn't happen? Because guys generally do most of the inventing creative. The, uh, the stupid dreamers out there are guys, let's face it. The people that, that uh, want to discover and go voyage into strange places and create action radio and all the things we, we guys do. Uh, if there's a woman in our lives that says, well, that's a stupid idea. What do you do that for? You know, uh, it, it's, it, you gotta, that's what I mean by the freedom. The freedom to dream, the freedom to do. What if, uh, you know, Steve Wozniak's and Jobs' wives said, don't go in that garage and make a computer. It's, it's, it's dinner time and we need furniture and you need to paint the walls. What are you doing? What kind of idiot are you? We never have a computer. <laughs> you know? Well, so, I think it, whenever you're calling names or insulting yeah. someone, she gives examples uh-huh. of very strong language. Um, when well, you, doing you that call someone effect. an idiot, if you, if you condescend, uh, if you insult mm-hmm. them, I feel like you're, you're, you're in a place already where there's some major red flags. Nobody, should, nobody needs to be in a relationship where they're being called names or insulted. Okay. But on a lesser level, like a little like less extreme, you're right, that, that restriction can take place in many subtle ways. And yeah. um, if, 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 if she doesn't allow him to go and take care of business outside of the relationship, um, I don't think that's much security for, for her in the physical world if she's with him. And he may not allow her um, to have a relationship with him either. See, this, the ultimate is, you know, that uh, the, the guys at some point are going to say, wait a minute, I can't do this. I can't, you know, create right. and do be who I want to be yes, in agreed. this relationship. So it, it's always interesting to come at this from, from the feminine point of view. She's going to allow him to do this. And I'm like, that's, you can't look at it that way. Because if you look at it, she's going to allow, then she's controlling well, the relationship. The and that's the one of the problems. Well, the masculine is not going to even... 
the masculine is not going to be in that energy. So we can use whatever words we want. She's not going to allow him. A masculine man before entering a marriage, if that is in place, is probably uh-huh. not going to go there because uh, the masculine energy will take care of what they need to and let her go if if she can't handle that. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Um, so having your boundaries in place, I, this is, falls under intimacy too, and we're talking a lot about this. So what do I actually need to be in place to feel comfortable in this relationship? And, and can he, will he meet those needs and vice versa? Uh-huh. What does he need to be in place? Is it freedom? Is it space? Is it um, a certain amount of physical sex that's, that's interesting and, and she seems to enjoy it and she reciprocates and she makes me feel sexy? I mean, sex is a great way to connect mm-hmm. with the masculine, right? And, and well, hopefully hey, listen, with the feminine, The more too, women but, enjoy sex, mm-hmm. the more sex you're going to get. It's just that simple. <laughs> you know, yeah. nothing, nothing encourages like positive reinforcement. You know, it's just, uh, Absolutely. You know, we you talked, know. remember we talked about this like, like a week or two ago, that the, the greatest way mm-hmm. to, to, you know, get more attention and affection is to be, give attention and affection. You know, it's almost like yeah. you the permission to go ahead. Now those guys can lead. Well, here's what was, we talked about guys who are perfectly comfortable leading when the women's already said it's okay, <laughs> you know, because why would you get rejection or, or be, uh, be, uh, you know, a, a nasty, you know, boorish clod, I think is the expression. I mean, there's so many ways to lead sexually and a woman is very sensual and receptive to many different approaches. So and we guys really a, appreciate that. I want you to know, you know, because we're, yeah. you know, we're guys. Even a certain eye, even a certain look of the eyes, even a certain body posture, mm-hmm. a certain, a certain quietness, a certain presence, a certain, uh, I mean, really, um, but okay. So having your boundaries, no, this is a good topic. On topic here, having your yeah, boundaries, no, but, uh, place, honoring, honoring theirs. So it, right. a, a, a boundary could be the amount of sex we have. The boundary could be how many times a week do I see you? How many times a day or times a week do I hear from you? Um, do you meet my love languages? Do you, try i mean there could be a lot of boundaries so just knowing them and and holding them and allowing the other person to be themselves without expecting them to change mm-hmm. now in a marriage uh there's usually hopefully if it's a healthy marriage these have all been discussed ahead of time and so I no, you know they're not you know they're well, not you've well, got to check in regularly on these i think love language should be uh, might re- might require some frequent visiting and some uh, some little attention so we want here. regular check-ins weekly or monthly i believe are, are good depending on the couple what they agree on regular check-ins and and how is this going for you you know how was this month for you was there any areas of concern are you feeling like i'm filling your bucket are you feeling connected are you feeling sexually fulfilled? Are you feeling like I'm pressure? You know, like anything, like having the conversation, check in how the relationship is going, I feel like is very important because hopefully you established your boundaries prior to the marriage and what you need to be in place and everyone agreed on it. Um, but, but are we still honoring those? Has anything shifted? Um, I think everything shifts over. I, I think because people change that I think everything shifts. I think this is a, you know, I think this is part of the relationship. This is, this is one of those things that makes relationships exciting is the reevaluation. Hey, where are you now? You know, have you changed? Yeah. You know, do you want me more? You know, I mean, it, it, that's a good thing. You know, because as people mm-hmm. grow and, and become closer partners, why wouldn't you? You know, it's like, yeah, this is yeah. great. But uh, I think, uh, you know, we should go to Switzerland because I've always wanted to go. Hey, there's a great idea. You know, I mean, whatever yeah, it I'm is. Yeah, I'm feeling but, restless. Uh, My job yeah. is making me feel very bored and restless. I'm feeling unfulfilled more and more. Yeah. Got and any I'm ideas? feeling very anxious. Like, yeah, yeah, like, can we do, like, I have to stay in this job, I feel like, for another year what should right. we do to like, you know, outside of my work, let's, let's make it worth it. I don't know. Something. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if we have time today to thrill, but I think we probably do. We, we do. We've we still so got we 21 minutes plus overtime. 
you know, we do have a little overtime well, here. I, so I'm, gonna, I'm not overtiming. Know. I'm on a schedule. Greg, I bought a house. You're such a and, dude. Um, God, you're so I'm so excited. Well, about I don't love schedules, but I have to today because I'm honoring a, a commitment I made to another female for 11:30, and uh-huh. um, and it's all very good things. So, mm. um, well, tell me about the house. Yeah. So I. So I. Yeah, I bought a house, and so now now I'm now I'm kind of in crunch time because I need to, <laughs> I need to get out of my my rental and. <laughs> Thank you. Very exciting. That That was the guy cheer. Yeah. Okay. So now, wait a minute. So this is, this is empowering for you, right? So if we can put this on a personal level, because you've bought houses with other people, I take it. And this is the first one that you've bought. How am I doing? You know or not. It's up to you because, you know, I don't have to get too personal, but I'm just curious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was in a marriage and I, you know, I'm, I was a homeschooling mom and, you know, I'm a mm-hmm. nurse and I have sort of my forte. I was very good around the home and with the health. Very caring uh, and very, very, very caring supportive <laughs> things. I, no, it's great. I, I'm not criticizing, just well, sort of I'm, categorizing I'm just and, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. So, yeah. No, that's okay. Yes. So, and, and, and he was very um, managing the finances and, the, and his businesses and all this. And um, we bought several houses that I didn't realize until we got separated that none of them had my name on the title. And, um, oh, and the, way he'd arranged it, the way he'd arranged it with the state attorneys and all this is, is I didn't have any legal right to any of them. I could have gone to court and probably done pretty well because I don't think any judge would, would, but I didn't want to. So, um, Anyway, I processed all that, and um, so now I, I moved forward, and I go, okay, well, I'm going to have a house that has my name on it now. So I had Yay. to learn how to find a house and learn how to, you know, negotiate and due diligence and inspectors and all this stuff. And so, it, so far, so good. I'm in the beginning stages, but uh, I did a manifestation vision board. I did uh-huh. a mantra my, my friend gave me on how to call in the universe's energy for the perfect house. And once I started doing those things, within two weeks, um, this house came up and I went. And anyway, so it mm-hmm. looks like it's my now, house. Visualization, I, <laughs> let's apply visualization to relationships, or in my case, a jet, because I've already visualized my jet. I just don't have the money for it yet. Uh, but we have to break through a whole bunch of uh, a big tech censorship, and that's another story. But as far as visualization goes, it's really important. You know, as I'm visualizing, you know, my next girlfriend, I'm actually sort of taking that step. It was probably time I had a girlfriend. Mm. Uh, so I'm okay. thinking about, so this is, why, this is why I said to you, knowing me as you do, you know, if you, if you like sort of like direct some categories in my general direction uh, of, of what you think, you know, where I should be looking, what kind of person. That'd be fascinating. Uh, I think that made an interesting study if I can get that personal on my own show. Um, mm. But this might be an interesting <laughs> journey. And, and then, then, then I'll bring that person on the air. <laughs> you can say, oh, you're the one that got him. Okay, fine. <laughs> that might be kind of fun, too. Um, I don't mind breaking some bounds here. But here's something interesting to think about, too, as far as the house goes. And, and this is, I, I absolutely believe in individual uh, empowerment. Uh, and and uh, possessions can be benefits or burdens. And so the, the ex that took all those houses without your name on the title, uh, given the housing market, they might be costing more than the benefit. So he, you might have actually, he might have done you a favor. <laughs> you know, did you ever look at it that way? That by not being responsible. I always responsible. look at it that way. I always, okay. I always look at it that way. I always look at like when I'm in touch with God and I pray and I'm in my vibrant radiance, um, mm-hmm. gratitude, radiance, excitement about life and curiosity mm-hmm. of what's next, what the universe is going to give me. It always alchemizes. So 
have I been sucked down into a negative spiral this year? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> we're all human. We, we, we have our petty yeah. moments, and I, I'm really good at them occasionally, too. You know, when I want to buy so the radio overall, station though, for the guy that fired me, mm-hmm. I was like, I would, I would, I would, I would, I think about buying a radio station for the guy that fired me and, and fire him. Just, I mean, it's petty. It's purely, it's just, just a stupid idea, but it's fun to think about. doesn't mean I'd actually do it. So it's fun to think about, you know, so yeah, petty has its place. We should talk about that too. <clears throat> anyway, okay, back to, so uh, I don't believe it's a high vibrational place to be at all. And I believe that our, fr- oh, I don't like it. Us a friend, if we have I, someone who loves us, a friend. They might listen for a minute, and then they might coax us out of that. But, okay, I'm going to talk about thrill before we're out of time. Okay. Uh, So how do we keep the thrill, that sense of butterflies, the sense of I'm so excited to see this person, I'm in love with them, I'm still attracted Mm -hmm. to them. Um, And I have a few ideas, and I'm sure you will too. Uh, Well, let's let's hear your ideas. I wish my dog would stop barking out there. um, Yeah, I don't hear it. It's not coming through. I have a good guard dog, so I should be grateful. Uh, but mm. they, he does guard from um, little old ladies with walkers and school children <laughs> also. So I haven't really learned to discern appropriate guarding. Um, yes, yes. Uh, appropriate reactions. That's important for relationships too, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So um, back to the throw. I, I want to. I want to briefly touch on giving space when needed as adding to the excitement, the Mm -hmm. ebb and flow. And how does the feminine energy give space? We get super happy. We do our things we love. We go to yoga. We, um, we get our hair done. We get our nails done. We invest in our business we're creating and, or that we've already created and we make it fabulous and rewarding by surrounding us ourselves with supportive staff who are aligned with us. Um, We take little trips with our girlfriends we um, fix up our homes. Again, the feminine energy, like what kinds of things nurtures the feminine energy. You get super involved in that. And then uh, when you reconnect with your lover, with your partner, you share that with completely open heart and excitement and share your feelings about, you know, how all the wonderful things you're doing. And um, that sort of feeds his energy. That sort of is a lovely, uh, titillating, painting a beautiful picture way to reconnect with the masculine energy, yes? So you're giving him his space because you're taking your own amazing bucket filling, all these activities you're doing, these wonderful things, um, and you're having this amazing life outside of the relationship, not depending on him for all your needs. And he's going out and doing his thing and coming back and reconnecting, and you get to hear about it with each other, right? Exactly. Well, um, let's think about that yeah. for a minute because I, I, I think mm-hmm. that's absolutely critical that if she, whoever she is, wants to do her thing and he wants to do his thing and, of course, they're still in the relationship and everything's fine, they don't have any conflicts, that's great. But I'm thinking also there's a place to give space where you do things together. So in other words, to, to, to a guy, if, if, uh, if a woman says, you know, I want to I sit in that tree stand with you while you're bow hunting. You know, and then he says, oh, that's so, that's so cool. I want you. you know, and who knows what was going on in the tree stand. Uh, I think giving space actually means joining with the man. So if women want to give space, in other words, say, I, you know, here's my space. I'm, I want to give you space, and I want to do what you do. I want to try things that you try. I want to see why, why you find this exciting, why you think that uh, you know, flying aerobatics upside down at well, uh, 10,000 feet is a thrill. For me, that's, so for me, I put that in the category of shared activities. So giving space for me when I'm when You don't I'm think it's the same thing? I think it's a crossover. No, I think it's a crossover. I think it's sharing and giving space at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> think about that one. 
so sure. Okay. Yeah. So giving, <laughs> sure, giving fine, that okay. yep. space uh-huh. when needed can opinion. help. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yes, mm-hmm. It's lovely. Fine. And I think shared activities is really great. Mm-hmm. And I think we're falling under the category of compatibility also there. And, no, let's get back um, to, let's get back and to also it. accepting, to, uh, accepting the person for who they are and being able mm-hmm. to enjoy time together, high quality mm-hmm. activities together. So quality time, love language, you know, mm-hmm. you like to go hunt. Um, is that something you need to take your yeah, energy I've never actually tried to it. get safe? Uh, not you. I mean, I mean your partner, the the imaginary right. person. Um, uh-huh. Is this something he wants to include her on? I'm sure if the relationship is good and the communication is intact, he would not hesitate to invite her. And if she's kind of open-minded and willing and has been kind of cool, you know, in general, she's either going to say no or yes, and, and he's going to mm-hmm. love her either way. So she's going to say, no, that's really not my thing, but please take yeah. pictures, and I'm so proud of you. And, you know, um, how can I connect with you on that activity in a different way? I can, you know, help you shop for your stuff ahead of time. I can pack your, you know, help you pack Let's your food get a or bowl. whatever. Yeah. And he could say, so, or, she, or she wants to do it. And I know lots of yeah. homeschooling moms, that, several homeschooling moms that love to, to, to bow hunt and it's kind of cool. Um, I have a huh. friend, I call her, um, well, anyway, <laughs> she's like homeschool Barbie. And she we don't like Baywatch, but she's got like a deer hot. hanging on her front porch that she's dressing. And I'm like, wow. oh, who are you? You're so cool. But um, so, yeah, shared activities and finding your space within those activities, like how, how much am I involved, in which case, how much do I support you? Do I support you from a distance, listening to how it's going, or do you need me to be there with you, and in which case I can say yes or no? Okay. Okay. So scheduling adventures together. I was going to this next. In and out of bed. Yes. Creating a thrill. So adventures that increase our cortisol and our happy feelings and our excitement feelings, and we've talked about that before, flying airplane, or it doesn't even have to be that simple. Um, if I go for a walk in the woods and there's a log across the creek and I'm a little afraid of heights um, and my partner dares me to walk across and join him on the other side and I do it, that to me is an exciting connected activity. And now we're giggling mm-hmm. and maybe I fell in. And um, But it can be little things. Um, and in and out of bed. So find those little things that create excitement and fun uh, in your day-to-day. And then uh, we've talked See, about this issues and variety. Mm-hmm. You, you've, you've hit upon a huge subject. I don't think you've even realized it. <clears throat> but the idea of in and out of bed. In other words, if you have a real relationship that's a positive, uh, sensual, uh, attentive, and, and just you know spicy, and all the things we've talked about, intimacy, attraction, sensuality, then in and out of bed, there's not that much difference. Other than the fact that you're having you know, maybe wild sex in the bed. But in terms of attitude, in terms of flirting, in terms of communication, I think one of the biggest problems is that we consider relationships, there's a relationship in bed and there's a relationship out of bed. And I just don't see it that way. I mean, I think I see it continuing. Mm-hmm. Um, Dorothy? Yes, I, I, okay, I, I, no, I agree. Yeah, okay. no, I, I agree. Uh, yeah. Okay. Scheduling fun things <laughs> in and out of bed. And so we talked, we've talked at length before but do you, about... But don't you... Um, no, wait a minute. You haven't answered the question yet. But do, do you see a continuum that in and out of bed is a continuation of the same kind of thing attitude-wise? Not, not what you're physically doing, but that your attitude of in bed, out of bed, unless you just look at it completely differently. And in which case, tell me, because I'm curious. But I see, I see so, it much more... The hand-holding, the eye looks that you talked about earlier, the flirting, that kind of stuff, that's, that's, uh, that's both an in-bed and out-of-bed activity. You know, so I don't see a difference. I think if you're going to maintain your attraction, you maintain your attraction in-bed and out-of-bed. You're not attracted in-bed and then total strangers out-of-bed. I don't see – the separation of the two is one of the big problems in relationships. Okay, so um... – New thought. Okay. Well, I'm just going to wait for a <laughs> – um, so 
not everyone, some people are more uninhibited and experimental in bed, and they're a little more organized and not creative outside of bed. And some people can, are sort of that way in their lives as a continuum. So, um, my, well, wait a minute. Do we, do we, let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let me ask your point of view as, 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 a, as an expert on women being one. You know, do you see a continuum or do you see I'm in bed now, I'm going to do this, or I'm out of bed, I'm going to do this, I'm going to behave differently? Do you see it as, as vast differences within a relationship? Not talking about so much the actions, but the, the attitudes and the, 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 the mental processes and the feelings, the emotions. Is there that big a difference between in bed and out of bed in terms of your feelings about another person? Um. I, I'm really not sure. So I, well, that's fine. I, I, like, I, 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 I like stumped, everyone's a little different I've here. I've stumped the reporter. Yeah. I don't think there's well, a rule here. I, th- I, don't, I think okay. everyone's a little different here. I don't, I don't think there's a rule. I think that if you want to keep, I don't if you want to keep a feeling of, yeah, I, I, I think that there's a huge variety there. And, um, okay. But if you, if you want to keep uh, the excitement and the thrill in your relationship, um, you know, you think of ways to to bring it to the table. So no matter you know throughout the day. Now, not, well, not here's what I'm thinking. Those, if if the only excitement of your relationship is in bed, then you're missing. You know, how much time do you spend in bed? <laughs> you know, awake. <laughs> you know, but if you talk about your your waking time in bed is not a huge portion of your day or night. So if that's the if that's where all the, the 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 all the fun stuff in your relationship is happening, you're missing all the potential fun stuff that could be happening outside of bed. I think I'm onto something here. I, I, I'm curious to see if you think about this and come back next week with some uh, some different or, le- or 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 just more detailed observations. But I think I think I, I think I'm onto something, which is why I'm bringing it up. Mm. Okay. Mm. So yeah, so the feelings of cortisol and adrenaline. Uh, okay, change the subject. <laughs> well, I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to finish thrill. And, okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. <laughs> you got an agenda. You got a schedule. I, yeah. Well, your yeah, masculine like energy is coming if, through. Okay, I'd like sorry. to try to finish if we can, because I like to do what I committed to. But um, okay, uh, happy to explore that that topic another time. Um, I think we do talk a lot about variety oh, in bed already. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so other things that contribute to thrill, the feelings of thrill in relationship, which is one of the three components, is uh, thinking of this variety and how you can introduce that, um, whether it's uh, cook the food you cook and um or the dates you schedule or you know we've talked at length about um (laughs) dressing up and role play but just thinking of the psychological components of what makes someone excited and and providing that being aware of it being intentional right being intentional Mm -hmm. uh that that and some people have more of a need of that than others some people don't need that and uh, i would say the masculine energy appreciates that somewhat um and another, uh, so we already talked about space giving, which is hugely important. And then the last component of sensuality, I feel like we've, we've talked of that a lot, um, mm-hmm. but let's, let's do it again in terms of keeping things spicy and keeping sexual tension in a long-term relationship. So not to, uh, not to be biased towards any certain gender, but the feminine energy tends to provide the sensuality a little more. That's a feminine energy gift. It's a genius. And that's everything from, from candles and low lighting to, you know, the pleasant home environment, the aesthetics. Um, having a safe, comfortable, relaxing place for the masculine energy to come home to. Yes? 
Mm-hmm. And well, let, let's, let's, right. let's ask a blunt question. Mm-hmm. How much how much thrill is it for women to like totally t- totally turn on their guy? What does that do for women? Speaking of sexuality, um, a woman needs to feel desired. The feminine energy needs to feel desired. Okay. So and well, and I don't believe that she that needs desire? to. I don't curious. believe that if she's in her true self-confidence mm-hmm. and her true feminine, she has sunk deep into her feminine energy, which, which then ends up being expressed through how she dresses, how she does self-care. It is a natural process. She is not going to have to put a lot of effort to seduce. She, she's going to literally be seductive in and of her magnetism, in and of her complete self-love, um, care, and, and the masculine is going to be very drawn to that. That being said, once a relationship is pretty long, a long-term relationship, it might be fun to play games of seduction and to do a little extra and to dress up and things like that and, and um, initiate sex. And uh, I think each couplehood sort of figures its own way when both people are really healthy. They kind of figure their own way through that, what works, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so cuddling well I, I think that uh, this is um, one of the big mm-hmm. ones I think women love to seduce and I think men love to be seduced we don't talk about it much cause, but this is the hour for that let's, let's, let's talk about all the things mm-hmm. that we don't talk about you know so that, that's what makes it so, uh, so interesting I think but yeah I'm just wondering how, uh, how, empowered, how empowered do women feel see if I can't ask you I can't who else can I ask <laughs> you know the fact that we're here on the radio but how empowered do women feel how empowered do women feel like totally turning a guy on I'm mean, just curious um, I, I like, well, I, I don't know about empowered. I feel like a woman's a feminine energy needs to be desired and to be seen. So it's, it's, okay, it's but, a need. But she's creating and that. It, this is, I'm talking about from the positive aspect of women creating that desire. Just curious. Right. And she in and of herself will create it when she's just completely being herself and, and happy. So mm-hmm. are you talking about like her taking specific actions or? No, well, um, no, just, just the yeah. idea. Of, of first of all wanting to do it, and secondly, uh, you know, having having the results, you know, be what you know whatever she's expecting. You know, a guy's like, yeah, for most, for most, <laughs> great idea. For most people you know, with a, with a strong feminine energy, if she if they don't feel desired, there's going to be problems. So I think for most women with a strong feminine energy, she sort of expects a natural desire mm-hmm. to be taking place. And okay, let's say she does feel desired. She feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. She's all set. And mm-hmm. then she says, you know, hey, I'm going to totally turn my guy on. You know, um, what does that do for women? I'm just curious. That's fun. That's okay. thrill. That's variety. That's creativity. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's giving pleasure. That's, um, I, I think for the feminine energy, that's fun. That's playtime. That's, okay. um, that's something she'll reward with, and please don't take that the wrong way because this is a very innate thing. This is not a conscious reward, but this is something that naturally will be a reward that's given to him when she has her needs met. I don't think this, it is. This is, is going to uh, count. Yeah. No, it sounds okay, fine. Right. It makes sense. No. Yeah. Yeah. I try not to be judgmental. Be, uh, I just try and <laughs> just make sure that all, all possible points of view are represented or actually just, just to be able to ask questions that I can't you know, ask. Yeah, you know, so, just, so, she, you know, so she will probably enjoy – uh, curling her hair and maybe putting on something pretty before he comes home and mm-hmm. maybe something subtly seductive where he's not quite sure if she's trying or if she just happens to look mm-hmm. that hot or something okay. overtly, overtly spicy and fun. And again, that's when the feminine energy is filled up, 
gotten their needs met, committed exclusive long-term relationship, knows where she stands and knows where it's going. You know, these are the type of rewards that will come naturally and that we part of the relationship. And when they're not in place, either a conversation happens, a super open, wonderful communication, which we have in place because we have all these other things in place, or, um, or then he, he kind of, you know, is going to have to figure out if he, if he needs to have that and if that's just never going to happen. Is she never going to, you know, dress up, be sexy, and, and be a little seductive, and he needs that? And, and why is that not in place? And, again, this is all things we discover, hopefully, in the dating no, process. No, we, we need to show on rewards well. because rewards are critical. In other words, you know, the thing you do for yourself or your other person is going to get your, you know, rewards. You know, the, the benefits of, of putting into the relationship are going to come back hugely for both, both people. You know, men and women, uh, it's different rewards, different things. You know, again, the whole concept of, of, of freedom versus, uh, I wouldn't say freedom versus security, that's probably not a good way to put it. But the interaction of freedom and security is probably a better way. That, uh, again, I see things as very fluid, probably more so than most people. Uh, and so that might be, when you talk about masculine and feminine energy, I see masculine and feminine energy. Uh, and, and this is, I think we just look at things a little differently in that regard. Anyway, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about these, these chemicals you mentioned at some point, oxytocin, dopamine, and cortisol. And I want to know how much chemically sex is actual a chemical reaction. We can talk about pheromones too. Because that, we, we do a lot with the emotional uh, and the spiritual, but actually the actual physics of this might be interesting too. Anyway, mm. you've got a schedule. You've got, you got a house to buy. Or a person I to do. Meet. I have things some to do. exciting things to do today. Really, really good things. Well, congratulations. Um, I'm fun happy as you. always. Hopefully, thank you. Hopefully, we were helpful to your listeners and uh, maybe this stimulated future topics. I think definitely. Oh, I think it stimulated a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I think every time we talk, we stimulate something out there. Uh, just in terms of uh, of just getting people at least thinking or you know getting their emotions going, and maybe they look at the partner differently. I mean, I'm, that's what I'm hoping. Ultimately, people will look at their partners differently and say, "Huh, that's an idea. Let me try that." And they have different needs, and the masculine energy has different needs than the feminine energy. Period. And mm-hmm. to love and respect both, and and be mm-hmm. really happy being with that energy is really important, and keeping that polarity. You know, um, stay in your lane. Don't step on the other person's toes. If you have the masculine energy, let him lead. Let him be that. And if he's not doing a good job, don't enter into a long-term relationship with him, period, yeah. and yeah. vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to know any feedback you have because I know folks listen who are more into this topic. I mean, a lot of, you know, my, my, my regular folks and my reporters don't say, hey, Greg, great sex talk today. I don't hear that. So <laughs> any, any feedback that, uh, that you have, I'd be, I'd be curious about because, you know, so many people listen, but they don't, you know, often get back. And, you know, we, we hear negative. I don't really hear negative, actually, now that I think about it. But I'd just be curious. Anything People like along to the complain. Way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, tell me, tell me some good well, news. Well, I mean, they're lucky because yeah. it's a lot of free information that's based on years of research and, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, well, let's talk about your book um, and uh, anything you've done your, your contact and then uh, get out of here. We'll do it next week. So let's get the contact. So I'm on Facebook, Dorothy Diana. Um, I'm primarily a nurse and um, a somatic movement guide for women to decrease body shame, increase fiery feminine energy, manifestation energy, moving through life, feeling amazing. This is my fun. This is my playtime. Uh, I'm a sexual educator. And I have a website, uh, www.yoniyoon.com, Y-O-N-I-Y-U-N. And I do uh, privates as well as group classes and 
that's about it. So anyway, have a lovely week, and I'll see you next week. That's enough. That's enough to keep anybody busy. Yeah, congratulations mm-hmm. on all that. Do you have a book yet? Have you written your book? Everybody has to write one. It's in process. <laughs> well, good. It's a work in progress. I feel like one, yeah, I think a few things need to settle after this past year. And okay. that is, yeah, and several chapters have been written. And um, I think I'm going to have to divide it up at this point because there's so what much. Was it two content. books, a before and after? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, there's so much to discuss. This topic is so far reaching. Um, mm. Okay, so yes, let's look for that. That'll be fun. Um, okay. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. Dorothy. You're very welcome. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Right. Bye now. All right, I got stuff to play. I got things to do tomorrow. We got uh, a crazy time. It's going to be interesting. Uh, there's a lot going on this week. Uh, the, 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 the indictment arraignment and all kinds of things tomorrow. Trump's going to be addressing the nation tomorrow night. Uh, I have an incredible guest Thursday with Ed Dowd. And uh, the rest of the week, I don't know yet. This just, and I want to fix that that bill that Jonathan talked about, uh, our jury instruction bill. I think that's going to be key. I'll get that uh, for certainly for next week. And of course, I love talking to Dorothy because you know, like I say, I never get ahead. I don't have a chat like that, you know, much during the week. <clears throat> Simply because she's such an expert on this stuff, it's it's really fun to talk to her. I'm gonna play a couple things. Uh, I'm gonna play a couple of our, our usual. Um, Promotions here. Don't forget our discount code WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws uh, on our various products that we're offering here. Uh, and then our, our classical musical selection uh, will send us out um, back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central Time. And uh, so our websites, again, blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action for here for this show. Uh, writeyourlaws.com, W R I T E. Y-O-U-R-L-E-W-S, writeyourlaws.com is our legislative site. Um, my Substack, gregpenglis.substack.com, and our, uh, our contribution site, givesendgo.com slash action radio. Back tomorrow. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of MyPillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, W-Y-L, which stands for Write Your Laws. MyPillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio live. It looks like we got a storm coming, so I'm glad we got the show in before uh, all hell breaks loose out there. Talk to you tomorrow. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements, and we have three minute live call ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew 
are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, WYL, to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio.
it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.